and we are now recording. Hi, um, I'm here with Robin Hansen and Ronnie Fernandez. I had posted on Twitter a few weeks ago about trying to set up conversations between people who probably disagree about a bunch of things in AI, and they both said they were interested in that. Robin has been thinking about AI scenarios for decades, and Ronnie has been thinking about them for about a decade. Uh, we're ho our hope here is to go slowly and methodically. I think they're both pretty eager to try to find common ground and cruxes and understand each other's perspective. And yeah, we, I think we all also think that these conversations about AI are a lot less boring if people try to understand what's going on with the people that disagree with them. So if you guys want to start off by giving your general framings for how you think about this, I think that would work well. Uh, nice to meet you, Divya and Ronnie. Um, I'd Pleasure like to talk. Sorry. I, I'd like to suggest the framing of first asking what would the future be like without AI and what is our attitude toward future change ignoring AI and then ask how AI changes that story. So in particular, human values, at least expressed in our behavior, have changed greatly over the millennia and millions of years even. And uh, so far, even though we try to pass on culture to our children, culture changes a lot across generations. And uh, if you model that as some sort of a random walk based on random new environments that demand new adaptations, then we might just think this random walk will continue on for a long time. And then our default would be that our descendants would just have very different values from ours. And the question is, is that okay? That is, on one hand, we could say we should just accept the future being the relation to us that our ancestors accepted for us. That's one position. Another position could be that's unacceptable. We must not allow the future change as much as the past has changed. Or a third one could be it's acceptable if it takes a long time, but not if it takes a short time. And as there are reasons to think change might accelerate, then we should slow down the change, at least so that it no longer gets in our faces. Uh, with respect to those stances in general, we might think then that AI makes it more likely perhaps that our descendants are different or increases the rate at which the random walk changes or maybe increases the speed at which uh, the future just comes. Or is there some other reason to be especially concerned about AI relative to this background of just apparently values have changed <laughs> and apparently they will continue to change and is that acceptable? So that's my suggested framing for thinking about AI risk. Cool. Yeah. And I think I'm basically happy to take that frame for now and try to like, you know, find out if we can anchor on something from, from this model. Um, yeah. So I'm just going to go for it, I think. Um, so I think the first thing I'm, I disagree with is just that we can actually model it as a random walk. Um, there's, yeah, I, I guess I tend to think of there be, being some form of progress in, or like some sort of trajectory in like how we are, what values we end up with. Um, so I, I don't think that in the mirror world where we ended up with you know, continuing slavery, 
um, everyone was around just, you know, in this mirror world, I don't think we end up with people just being like, well, uh, thank God we got rid of those slavery abolitionists. They were so backwards. Um, It seems like there's some sort of uh, enduring algorithm that we're using for figuring out uh, how to change our values. Uh, And I'm more worried about this kind of algorithm uh, stopping um, or the, tra- you know, whatever the trajectory is, whatever is causing the trajectory, um, I'm more worried about that stopping. Uh, and so I guess I'm basically just not, I, I guess I basically just disagree that it's a random walk. Um, well, so let me generalize my model to include a random walk plus some, you know, predictable component. Uh, but sure. then, then we might ask, I mean, so we might think of the predictable component as the result of, say, improving a set of moral tools we have or going into more detail and moral arguments. Uh, and then we might think that sort of thing is a, is a, pro- is a progress that results naturally from our increasing abilities and increasing scale of civilization. But then we might wonder why we would, do we think that will continue into the future as it has in the past without AI, say, or just in general? And then how would we think AI would change the nature of that process. That is what, you know, presumably we would teach AI our moral tools, we'd teach AI our ability to do moral arguments. And then if the world was getting better at those things and AI shows up, it would get better at those things too. So it wouldn't obviously be a problem. Right. Um, so so this I, I'm happy to extend this framework to include this issue, but then I can still sure. ask the same question. Sure. What was there going to be a problem? <laughs> in general, and mm-hmm. does AI change the problem? Yeah. So I guess, uh, so I'm, the model, okay, what I'm currently imagining is like, sure, let's say it's a random walk with like uh, a disposition, but if that's the case, I want to model it as being very high dimensional. Um, and part of what I'm worried about is just that uh, the the dispositions that we end up with, uh, actually, the, the main thing I'm worried about, if this weren't true, I wouldn't be worried um, that the dispositions we end up with just aren't the same. Like, they might be going in opposite directions. Um, and The same so, as we have now, you mean? Yes, yes, something like that. Or okay. that we've had historically, yeah. Um, but, but again, if we model the past as a random walk plus some trends, mm-hmm. then uh, which of those are you worried about in the future, the, the trend or the random walk? Uh oh I'm not worried the the trend plus the random walk seems fine. Uh okay. if anything let's 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 remove the randomness a little bit and just have more of the trend that seems good. Um but uh, what I'm worried about is the trend stopping. Uh so I'm not worried about it oh, just so, continuing. That so why great. would the past trend stop? What, what is the theory by which things yeah. have changed are about to change? Right. So I think that the trend is caused in part uh or it's necessary for the trend to continue, um, that we have some enduring basic values along hu- in humans, um, like at least that we are responsive to arguments uh, in the same sort of way. Um, we're motivated by kind of similar-ish things um, and that AI systems will have very, very different values and plausibly arbitrarily 
different values and will just not be motivated by arguments. So um, will not be motivated by the kinds of arguments that we are motivated by. Um, so like, for instance, you know, someone but, can give me so, a... Yeah. But let's, we're setting aside AI, just ignoring AI. Are you just generically concerned that our future descendants would have this problem? Uh, I think there's some chance of this happening uh, without AI. Uh, but I think in general, it's much less likely or something uh, without AI. So I'm what I'm hearing is a core, basically a core non-core argument that humans all so far have shared some core mm -hmm. and that the changes we've seen have all been outside the core. And you have a differential concern by things inside the core versus outside. You see the random walk and the drift as outside the core. And you're happy to let that continue, but you're worried that the core will change. Uh, I'm worried about the drift changing. So, like, we're but, but, the, but you think the drift is the result of the core? That is, you you have a model in your mind right, whereby right, right, the type right. of drift we have is because of right. the type of core we have. Right, right. And if the core right. changes, therefore the drift will change. Mm -hmm. And so, this is a essentialist sort of argument. That is, there's some key essence that so far has been preserved, and that mm -hmm. you see threatened in the future. It's possible you would say that the humans, as in the future, would change this essence. Yep. but less likely, but you think it's more likely that AIs would change this essence. Yeah, or wouldn't have it in the first place, right? So now it's hard to evaluate this argument because by your claims, everything we've seen hasn't touched the core. We've never even right. seen this core. We couldn't name it. We don't know what it is, but it's there and we might risk touching it. Sure. Wait, okay, it, I, I would also think though that, that, Ronnie, you probably have some sense of like, I don't know whether different animals share it or something like that. Maybe it's a starting sense. point. Seems tough. Some sense. Uh, I mean, I don't okay. know. I have guesses uh, would be the best I could do. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah. So I, I guess I think that, I mean, I can give you some examples of things that like, I think are arguments that we would find motivating and uh, AI has no particular reason to find uh, motivating um, arguments like uh, imagine how you would feel if that happened to you um, or but if you did that there would be suffering um, and suffering is bad so don't do that um, so I think the reasons we find these motivating are like very particularly related to humans being humans um, I also think they're in part related to being uh, in the culture that we're in um, but to take an outlandish example, a like AI maximizing, uh, sorry, a paperclip maximizing AI uh, would not find these motivating. I would say to it, hey, if you did this, there would be a bunch of suffering in the world. And it'll be like, uh, interesting. What does that have to do with paperclips? Um, and the paperclip example is like, you know, very improbable uh, because it's a very particular goal. Um, but I think it captures the possible, like the alienness of the goal, I think is right. Uh, I think that's like the approach that's like the average alienness we should expect of goals that we're going to end up seeing in very intelligent systems. Um, so I, I don't know. I mean, one way that I think about this sometimes is like, so Robin, in my, in my model of you, you're like excited for a, or you would like to see a cool future with like a really big civilization engaging in like projects that are really awesome and trading goods that are really awesome. 
um, and stuff that we can't even imagine, engaging projects we can't even imagine, and uh, you know, trading goods that we can't even imagine, doing all sorts of really crazy things and in institutions that make no sense to us. Um, and I also think this would be a cool world. I would be happy about this world. Um, and I totally grant that the inhabitants of such a world will very likely have very, very different values from us and find very different kinds of things motivating from us. Um, but I kind of feel like there's like some sort of gate within which their values fall in like value space, um, such that like, I don't know, when you go outside of that gate is what I'm worried about. Um, so, so there's a literature on of bioconservatives who have discussed genetic engineering of humans. Right. Uh, you might be aware of that as, in a yeah. philosophy literature. Yeah. And that literature often goes of the form. There's certain human essences that must not be changed. Right. And other things okay to change. And it's very important that we pass laws and prevent anyone from changing human essences because then non-essential humans or descendants might compete with us and the world might become non-essentially human. Right. But uh, they at least will list some specific features of what they consider to be essentially sure. human. Sure, sure, sure. I don't know whether you embrace those features, but uh, I do not. No. But then, then we're left with this sure ambiguous essence. Yeah. Okay. I mean, look, right? I can say some things about like. I mean, I'm not exactly sure. I, I can't exactly tell you uh, what worlds I'd be happy with and what worlds I wouldn't be happy with. But some worlds, I'd. I mean, here here are some features that if they're missing, I think we definitely screwed up, and I think they might be missing. Um, there's like, you know, a, a bunch of clearly different minds, and they do things like really liking each other, and they do things like having fun, and they do things like one one wandering wondering, and uh, marveling, and they feel things like awe. If we have those things going on, I think I'm probably pretty happy, um, and I think. Yeah, and the default outcome I expect does not have the things like that going on. Um, I mean, I and, actually think those things have actually changed in the last million years of your ancestors. Those are not things that have stayed common for the last million years. So yeah. if those are part of your essence, then you can't stick with the story. The essence has always stayed constant, and I'm worried it might change. You need cool. to say, we drifted into the essence recently, and I don't want to drift out again. Okay, well... Uh, yeah, so suppose that turns out true. Wait, wait, uh, sorry. Uh, I, I want to, can you say which parts you mean? Like that a million years ago, people weren't having fun. People weren't wondering. I, I think maybe the sacred of awe was not a thing a million years ago. Uh, I think maybe we have invented the sacred since then. I I mean, fun has been true for 100 million years that is yeah. yeah fun seems old <laughs> right but then it also makes you less worried that it would go away so many of these features we have well, I think you less worried that it would go away i don't know that it makes i guess i'm it's not clear to me it makes ronnie less worried that it would go away the fun part yeah yeah it doesn't so um, so, so let's at least no. list reasons why we might not things would go away wait wait wait, wait. i'm sorry real quick i just want to uh, address the thing you were saying real quick. Um, so let's say it turns out that like, oh, I'm wrong. Uh, the this this core thing that I care about, uh, just it, it's actually very new. It was only it only started a hundred years ago. Um, then I would say, oh, well, never mind. I guess I guess I was wrong. Uh, you're right. What I am worried about is 
maintaining our control over the universe uh, or the control of something like our values over the universe. Um, that's my guess is that that's not right, but uh, it, it wouldn't change my mind if I found out like uh, actually all these things I care about are very, okay. very young. But yeah, I mean, for yeah. example, slavery is in fact a relatively recent taboo. So if right. you want to pick anti-slavery as part of your essential package, right. then you can't be appealing to a long right. time scale. Sure. Um, sure. Sure. You know, stability about that. Then it has to sure. be more about some recent change that you don't want to change again. Sure. Sure. Um, I, I guess on on the model that I was using before, there, there was something like, I don't know, I kind of imagined that like humans 2000 years ago, even if, you know, they hadn't put together the dots, they kind of had values that like if they put them together and like they heard some arguments, they would be like, oh, I guess you're right. I guess it does. I'm being inconsistent when I like have slaves. Um but maybe there wasn't. And in that case, I'd just be like, okay, well, wh whatever. I still don't want slaves in the future. Um, I, I mean, I think that is, yeah. in fact, true that you could not have convinced people 2,000 years ago uh, to okay. reject slavery. Uh, okay, fair enough. Was, yeah. I mean, people so did try. I, guess, I think I want to make a distinction between whether someone could have convinced somebody at the time and whether it was sort of overdetermined that with more resources available, they would eventually come to that conclusion as a civilization. Yeah. That's not gonna. That's not gonna help me out or something. Uh, like, if if the difference was for them, you know, if they had more resources, uh, then they wouldn't have been in favor of slavery. That's not going to help me out. I want it to be such that, like, I don't know if they did a bunch more thinking or something. Um, yeah, I guess I was lumping uh, yeah. that as a type of resource. But it, to me, even the more thinking seems in theory, separable from, like, could someone have convinced them in a reasonable amount of time at the time? Sure. But either way, uh, I'm like, look, I'm happy to grant it. Let's suppose it's it's everything I care about is very new. I'm like, okay, in that case, I just want to make sure that the stuff I really care about sticks around. Um, yeah. It's just certainly if we take a hundred million year time scale, then many of these things won't have been true a hundred million years. Sure. So there's just some time scale for each one with respect to how long it's been around. We could agree sure. on that. Sure. And then the farther we look into the future, the maybe the more likely each of those things might be to go away. So uh, if you talk about, it, say, a billion or trillion year future, now I might get you to more accept the default that most of the things that you value now would plausibly go away with or without AI. It's not an yep. AI question. It's just in the long run, you just might expect a lot of change. Yep. Seems 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 probable. Yep. Um, so, I mean, that's a substantial, you know. Once we agree on that, then I think we can make progress here because now we could say, um, for example, you might think just generically, you were never going to be that happy with change uncontrolled. Well, uh, uh, you know, I, the, I, the natural change that happens without coordination to prevent it would just not be to your liking because in the long run, you just would not like where it typically would go. Uh, I think that's right. Um, I still want to be clear that I'm like being pretty liberal about what I'm going to be happy with. Like as long as there's some fun and some wondering and some different minds that like might care about each other or something. So those I'm, are three like, things. Happy. How long do you think the list is? Is it 30, 300, 3,000? Uh, just listed actually, three things. Yeah, no, yeah, it's actually quite long. It's actually quite long. So, so it's 300. Quite maybe. complicated. Quite, quite complicated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, so, so like there's that. a list yeah. of 300 yeah. things. As long as all yeah. 300 things are there, you like the future, but... If we only have 200 out of them, then the value is really low. Uh, we only have 20 out of them. Yeah, I mean, 
I don't know. I, I'm like worried about it being adversarially selected. You know, I'm imagining I, I tell you like 299 right. and then you make the last one just really bad. And then I'm well, like, we're just oh, trying well, to estimate where stuff. your drift plus random walk is likely to go in the long run and ask what's right. the chance that you'll be happy with where it would go without some sort of intervention that that's the right. model we're taking right. here. Again, we're right. just trying to set aside AI temporarily and just talk Ooh, in general yeah. about long-term change and yeah, say, yeah, 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 yeah. where right. did we think long-term change was going to go? Right. And was right. it going to be okay by this criteria or not? Right. Right. So for example, also, go ahead. I, I don't know. I guess to me, it seems different if people are talking about, therefore you want to control the future. Like, I think there's a coherent position where I'm like, no, I don't want to control the future now, but I'm kind of hoping at some point somebody, somebody else, else is like, well, that's too much. Okay. I want to control sure. it at that point. Okay. Sure. I, I didn't mean to speak, you know, to when you would do it, but just the idea that you wouldn't like the default. So you, at some point, somebody needs to do something to change this from the default. Yeah, that seems right. Yeah, I, I I do not want all the things I care about to stop existing. No. And you think the things you care about are somewhat random with respect to where the future is going. That is, the future will just have this random walk and randomly drop various of them in random directions, which are hard to predict. Over a billion years, yeah, seems right. And a trillion even more likely, right? Yeah. 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 Right? Okay. So now I think we can say that um, you are... As, as Divya said, you are hoping or expecting that at some point, somebody needs to do something about this. Yep. And yep. therefore prevent this default scenario. Yep. And you're, how concerned are, does that depend on the rate at which this happened? Are you just okay with it if it just happens a really long time? Or is it mainly the worry that would happen fast? Uh, yeah, I think I'm okay if it happens over, uh, if it happens fast. Uh, sorry. Okay. Sorry, what, what's Wait, happening? Are we talking about is the bad thing is happening faster or if just change at all is happening? Well, the, the point is change typically leads to the bad thing in, eventually, yeah. but what okay, if it happens I, faster? Okay, but I, I thought Ronnie's so, view was that change often leads to a better thing in the short term uh, because there's some element of moral progress, but then in the long term. Let, seems... let, let me be just more specific. What I would okay. like is intergalactic civilizations of really awesome minds doing really cool stuff that I can't imagine. Uh, with things like fun and wondering and like, I don't know, I can't give you an exact definition of what the worlds I like and what the worlds I don't like are. Uh, but yes, I want to there to be like a big intergalactic civilization doing all sorts of crazy cool shit. Um, that's what I want to make sure happens. Uh, and I'm like, yeah. Okay. Uh, but yeah, it seems to me your model of change says that the distribution over outcomes basically slowly gets worse over time. I don't see a gets better then gets worse out of this model. This looks like, you know, maybe it's it's a long tail distribution. Maybe the median tends to get better, but the average tends to get worse. But then in the long Wait, run- And this is conditional on no AI? Yeah, we're just not conditional on no AI, just not conditioning on AI. We're just talking in general about the future, uh, not ah. talking specifically about AI. Hmm. Well, basically I- so I also don't think we get the awesome future I want without AI. Um, so, yes. Uh, but but I still, I, I mean, yeah. the processes you're talking about, on the one hand, you like growth, right? The expansion, the total number of everything that would be yep. good and the increase in capacities you like. But then you yep. see this moral drift whereby yep. this list of 300 things, slowly items drop out of the list. Mm-hmm. And you don't like that, and it looks like the expected combination of growth plus this on net is neck is bad for you. That is a, a vast future, which you know Wait. most of which only has fifty items out of the list of three hundred. You don't think is very good. And I mean, so I don't on know. On net, I, this doesn't look know, good to you. 
I mean, I don't know. It, it depends how, how we're carving up the items, you know, uh, like, yeah, I don't know. I mean, but this is a key point here. Like, if you thought the future would be so vast and big, there'd be all these different parts of it. And some of them would keep 300 items on the list. And that wow. would outweigh all the rest. Then you could be pretty happy with this long-term future, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that seems I okay. Also, Ronnie, I don't know if this is right, is that you yeah. maybe would think that in some types of futures that you could sort of imagine things that you would like could, add, could get added to the list. Uh, sure. And also things that I currently like. Uh might like rightly drop off uh so yeah i like i totally think it's possible that there's things i like now and then if you let me do a bunch more thinking i would find out oh i shouldn't like these things i'm being inconsistent in some way and actually they're they're terrible for instance i eat meat uh wouldn't be terribly surprised if it turned out that uh you know this is uh something that i'm like being very inconsistent about um Okay, but the the bottom line here is we have multiple processes, some of which are making the future better, some of which are making it worse. Mm -hmm. And we need an overall judgment about the net effect of all these factors in our typical future where we don't condition on AI or anything else specific, just what did we generically think was going to happen in the future? That's the place I want to start with as a reference point. And then we can talk about AI compared to that. Yeah. So I think if you just run it forward, I think we end up... uh, Hmm. I don't. Yeah. Every year, like the economy, you know, every 10 year, 15 years, the world economy doubles, but we drop one item from the list of 300. Or maybe we drop two and we add one for a net drop of two. And now over the long run, things grow, but we end up with the shorter and shorter list and you're less and less happy with that. And so that's the typical future. Yeah. So this is a typical future bad analysis, but that. I'm not saying that's wrong, but I just wanted to have a reference point in our mind because yeah. it'll, it'll get even harder to think about AI. So <laughs> this yeah. should be an easier analysis to do in some sense than what we're about to do when we add AI. Sure. I've thought a lot less about it, though. Um, so, yeah, so I definitely see how this model says typical future bad. I also don't think that that's what I thought. Um so and hence my reason for introducing it here yeah yeah yeah. because yeah. i think right. I, I mean just to foreshadow i think many of the things people are worried about ai they're just really worried about the future in general and they haven't quite realized that right um i mean i'm yeah so i i'm i'm, I'm happy with that if that turns out to be the case I, that doesn't we, we don't change have to settle what, it here at least yeah, but right. i just wanted to give you a chance to to, cool, ha- cool. to state a conclusion if you haven't yeah. divvy if you have I, a statement I of guess, this value i'm happy to hear yours yeah, I'll I'll let Ronnie go first, but I do have thoughts. I guess I still think that I it seems like if we don't get AI and we don't get wiped out some other way, um, I guess I still expect future humans to be pretty cool. Uh or like be I, I expect that if I looked at the civilization two hundred thousand years from now, I would look at it and I would think, man, this is pretty cool what they're doing. But they might not be humans anymore. Uh, they could have gone, undergone enormous number of modifications of various sorts, and you might not like, want to call them humans anymore. So, sure, I didn't know if you if that's doing any work for you to assume they're still humans. No, no, they, they don't have to be. I mean, they they could be biologically modified. They could be and, much and smarter. Then from this list yeah. of three hundred, you know, the median. How many of those three hundred are still saved? Yeah, um, say a hundred thousand years ago, a million, a billion, a trillion. Yeah, I mean, at a billion, I'm just expecting that we're all dead or something, right? 
Uh, well, I'm, I would, I wouldn't, but like, I, I would expect there'd be a vast, civil, a vast universe full of stuff. It just might not be stuff you like. I don't know. That's the question here. Right. What were you thinking? Yeah, I was going to ask about that too, because I, when I think super far in the future, I think a lot of my, well, maybe nothing is going to be there that I like comes from, I don't know, there could be new existential risks in the, like a trillion years from now, it seems entirely possible that there are these sort of very destructive events that, I don't know, like if everything were some black hole, that seems kind of bad to me. That has zero, unless I don't, I mean, I don't really claim to understand black holes, but my guess is that has zero of the things on my list. Yeah, that seems right. Um, And so I think that a lot of my sense of like, yeah, I'm not counting on the trillion years from now is, is specifically coming from those scenarios and not like there's some civilization, but it's just so alien, I wouldn't be able to appreciate it. Well, we could combine this and imagine the future trajectory is some steady drift plus a few catastrophic events. And you could put substantial weight on, you know, things getting bad also on rare catastrophic events, but they would still have the same overall trajectory where things are getting worse. And you might think- I don't think I agree with that. I think things are probably not going to get worse. I think they'll get more alien to me, but not, I don't want to call them worse. Well, that's the key part. But he wants to say he has these list of 300 things. And if we lose that list, that's getting worse. You don't have to say that, right? You could say I'm much more forgiving. I do think the catastrophe thing is worse. And I think, and I would hope that my, you know, whatever, whoever is around then will try to prevent the everything becomes a black hole type scenario. But yeah, if we end up with no love, yep, I'm pretty much, pretty much, I'm pretty sure I, I don't like that world. Um, so I think for me, it depends if it's part of some process that I kind of trust, because if I imagine some something where the beings at the time really thought about it and they were like, yeah, we're going to kind of change this to something that seems better than love to us, but, but we understood love. Like maybe that's a little idealized, but that's an idealized scenario where I'm like, I'm inclined to trust that. Yeah, there could be a process that I trusted enough that it would say, never mind, let's not do love. Let's do this other thing. And I'm like, right. okay, if you guys say so. Uh, and, you know, if I trust, you know, if I, if I take out, if I spin off a simulated Ronnie and, you know, it goes and gets all the arguments and such, uh, and it's convinced, yep, uh, never mind, we shouldn't be doing the love thing. We'll do this other thing. Then maybe I, I could buy it. Um, but, uh, yeah. So let me plant another flag, which is just, we have a lot of theory in evolutionary psychology and biology of ways some kinds of morals would be in evolutionary equilibrium and that this is often part of our explanations for where our morals come from. So we might have more reason to expect those things to continue because they have some structural reason for existing, even though that usually gives a space of possibilities and you might be concerned about where we sit within that space. So for example, evolutionary psychology or an evolution doesn't prohibit slavery. <laughs> uh, it can allow for slavery within those analyses. Sure. And you might think, no, I want the one without slavery. Yep. Uh, but we could still at least, I mean, the question is how many of these 300 could we attribute to, you know, the more fundamental causes such as you shouldn't be so worried about them going away because there are these structural forces that put them there and would maintain them. Right. Yeah, that'd be great. Um... That'd be real lucky. Uh, but it might not be all 300, but it might be right, 100 out right. of the 300 or 200 out of the 300. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't know. Uh, 
yeah, I don't know. Uh, I, I'm like pretty happy to say that there was definitely some chance that all the stuff I cared about would go away um, and that we would still get a bunch of growth. So without everyone going extinct or without like civilization minds, there being no intelligences, um, there was definitely some chance that all the stuff I cared about would be stuff that the future intelligences wouldn't care about, um, even without AI. Um, but I think it's like differentially more likely to happen uh, with with AI than without. Yeah. So before we start on AI, let me just make one last comment, which is if you thought the typical future was a negative trajectory, yeah, then you might not want future evolution to follow the same processes as past evolution. You right. might think we got lucky enough so far, but we need to change the evolutionary process. And for example, maybe shut down change if we could coordinate to do that. And then we would lose the vast future we might hope to get, but at least we won't lose the things we most value because we're going to prevent change. Yeah, And I think a lot of people have that basic intuition. <laughs> Once yeah, you show them just right. how strange the future could be, they kind of don't want us to roll those dice. They want to stick with roughly what we have. And yep. that's, I mean, actually something I'm very concerned that civilization may choose to do in the next few millennia, we might just want to be aware enough of this issue and decide to to stop change. Yep, that seems right to me. Um, for what it's worth, I also think uh, that that would be really sad. Um, yeah, I mean, look, if if you modeled me as just like wanting one thing, which is a really big intergalactic civilization that when I look at it, I'm like, well, this is pretty cool. As opposed to I look at it and I'm like, this is completely boring or this might as well not be any minds at all. Um, that seems fine. As long as I don't look at it and I'm like, and I, and I'm basically like, well, there might as well not have been any minds at all. This is entirely boring. Um, I, I think that's, that's probably good. Um, right. But we were, I mean, the, our mechanism here was more specific. That is, if we imagine that the process of change as being this random walk plus this, you know, drift, and then we think of this core versus non-core uh, concept of it, our essentials, then the, the model here is that so far, luckily, we haven't messed with our essentials. I don't know why exactly you would think that, but somehow you think the essentials didn't get messed with. And then, but the future evolution threatens to, to cut out these essentials. And that's why change needs to stop. And that's... I don't mind either way, to be clear. If it turns out that all the things that I'm considering essentials happened in the last hundred years, I, I don't care. I'm, I'm like, still, either way, I want to make sure that they keep going. But, but right, that makes the argument all the stronger. You know, we got lucky to suddenly get all the essentials. And sure. then we would be, you know, the most likely thing to happen is they would just drift away. So let's stop change to prevent the essentials from drifting away. I mean, it's also important to me that, like, we keep doing things like moral philosophy or whatever sort of thing it is that, like, gets me to sometimes change my mind about what I like. Um, so in some sense, there's this, you know, non-random walk process that you embrace. So in some sense, you 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 like wherever that goes, right. as long as it's based on the essentials. That is, if the essentials go away, you don't trust that process anymore, but you that's, do that's trust exactly it if right. the essentials remain. 
That's exactly right. 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 Okay. But still, that makes you risk averse with respect to evolution just taking away the essentials, which makes you say, well, let's not allow change that could threaten the essentials. Sure. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that seems right. Uh, and I mean, I can make some you can see how it's pretty close to the bioconservatives' position, even if it's not agreeing in the specifics, right? I mean, I'd be happy to make some trade-offs, you know, like half as much love for 15 times as much fun or something. Uh, but, uh, right. Yeah. Right. Um, sure. I mean, I. So just to be clear, I do not have this list of 300 essentials. I uh, think my, you do. My values on humans will not put as much of a priority on their maintaining love or fun or the sacred or other things like that. Um, I'm okay with those evolving away if the people at the time choose that. And as long as they have other things they do want and sort of want them in a similar way, at least I will be more okay with that. So it might see. be essentials I have there, but it's going to be a much shorter list. It might be right. three instead and, of 300. And just to be clear, you also don't like some black hole scenario, right? This seems like you would, there was some way to prevent it. Well, just death. In. I wouldn't like just extinction. Just extinction, rest every, yeah. everything's you, dying. You agree there's be. something <laughs> called extinction and you don't want that. Right. So, so life is better than death is, is I would certainly give. So something by, you know, a scenario by which our civilization dies and everything dies, then that looks pretty bad. Right. Cool. And, but you have a pretty broad, like within, other than that, you have a pretty broad definition of life. I'm guessing also that like, if there were life, but it was all bacteria type life and no human type life, there's something about that that seems worse to you? Um, I mean, I like thought. Minds. So I would be disappointed if minds went away. Yeah. But I don't see great risk of that. I mean, the AI argument is sort of the argument that AI, that minds are very powerful and that they, right. they will expand and become much more of a thing. So. Right. With respect to AI risk, losing minds isn't really, you know, that big an issue. Yep, that seems right. So, Robin, I'm modeling you somewhat right now as like uh, a preference utilitarian or something like that. So basically, as long as there's some things around that are minds and they have some wants, some preferences, and they, in, you know, execute some plans, come up with some plans to get more of the stuff they want, Um you're happy with this. And like, maybe the more of the stuff that they want, the better, uh, the more of the stuff that they want that they get, the better. I mean, I'm okay with you putting that as a, as a placeholder. I mean, okay. I have a more complicated view that we could explain if we went into it, but I don't think it's necessary here. So cool. I don't think the difference will matter that much for our for conversation. If it does, I will try to revise. Cool. Cool. Sounds good. Yeah. So. Okay. Yeah, so I now. I just want to give you some like obvious counterexamples, which are like, for instance, the whole, there's a giant intergalactic civilization, lots of individual minds. They're all pretty much copies of each other. And they're all only interested in minimizing prediction error. Uh, so, you know, they'd be happiest if they could like make sure that all of the cameras, all of the sensors will forever say zero. And that's all that's ever going to happen for you know they do some planning to like make sure that there's there's zeros forever um does this seem as good to you as a civilization that's like trading goods and like coming up with new plans and making so i just don't want to be trying to come up with my optimization function over the future 
I, I'm, I'm going to try to be robust about my arguments such that I can just find particular things to rely on that don't rely on some complicated structure like that. I'm, I'm trying to avoid producing such a thing. Uh, but and we'll see how far successful I could be. Uh, it, it is bad, though, right? Like, this would be a bad future, right? You wouldn't like this, right? I mean, it depends on all the things they do to make those markers get to zero. So, I mean, I think we, in essence, are, you know, optimizing some pretty simple-minded thing, uh, but it's all the compl complications of how we do it that gives value to us, not so much the thing we're optimizing. In some sense, we're optimizing for evolutionary fitness, which you could think of as a simple number that's boring, but mm -hmm. we do it in complicated, glorious ways. So I'm not so sure I can evaluate it based on this description of the thing they're optimizing. I want to know how they do it. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, okay. They, you know. If they do it by being dead. I mean, <laughs> yeah, sure. That's sure. one I mean, lightweight. There's some optimization function, whereas the optimal way to achieve it is for uh -huh. everybody to be dead. I'm not so happy uh -huh. with that one. Right, right, right. Okay, so I'm not sure that this is... Like, this is an attempt to point out what might be a point of disagreement. Robin, I think that you think that if something is trying hard to achieve something, even if its terminal value is pretty simple, it will sort of recreate a bunch of instrumental values that seem kind of cool in the way that the things that humans might want to describe as their terminal values would say are cool. They might. I, again, I can't exclude that. So I'm not going to make strong claims. You, you don't think it's okay. I guess I thought that you, if they're not, I, I think I, I still think that you think that that's like a pretty strong attractor, that there's maybe an attractor that's like being dead and there's a attractor that's like a bunch of cool, complicated stuff happens. Is that, is that wrong? Well, I mean, I think in a, in a large complicated universe that is in a huge economy or a huge society with enormous scope and, and many, many yeah. parts that the parts will be doing somewhat complicated things to achieve yeah. that total thing. You will have to coordinate with many other parts and talk with many other parts and be aware right. of many other parts. That is just generically a complicated world will yeah, induce yeah. complicated minds and complicated strategies to uh, perform there. Right. And I think that insofar as like you want to, I don't know, claim something as your values, it's something like valuing things on that level, like the, the set that maybe, you know, human morality and love and all that stuff is like part of, part of some greater class of, I don't know, cool strategies that it, that would naturally I mean, come it, across. If it turns out to matter that I'm happy to come back to this in the discussion, but I fear this is a bit more of a distraction, but like my official okay, position you is may be right. what I call dealism, wherein I'm, I'm trying to promote everybody oh, yeah, getting more of what, everybody getting more of what they want and that includes people in the future so my relationship mm -hmm. to people in the future would be more to sort of make deals with them so that we could all do better by our own lights yeah makes sense cool uh seems like you wanted to get to something else robin well we were putting off ai but since this is advertised as discussing ai risk no yeah I, okay. happy to say at this point let's finally get to <laughs> i will AI. say I, I could end up being wrong i would that summary was because specifically i predict that it will be relevant to the ai part which is yeah. perhaps a wrong prediction uh i see where you're coming from yeah i guess i still want to try to give you a maybe another counterexample. so there's a big uh economy and every individual in this economy trillions and trillions of minds all basically copies of each other and 
the only reason any of them do anything is to accumulate more paper clips in some particular part of the universe. I mean, regardless of how far-fetched this is, does this not seem like a, you know, might as well not be a future? Like, there's no experiences. There's I, no... I can't imagine that what we're about to discuss will depend on my answer to that question. That just seems oh, uh, implausible. Well. So, well, uh, so, but... so I, I will set this up as saying, look, so far, our ancestors accepted a certain way the world changed. And we are sitting in a situation where plausibly that same sort of process will continue, but perhaps faster. I think you might consider having a higher ambition than our ancestors did to basically control change more than they did. But that mm -hmm. seems pretty dangerous to me, actually. I see a lot of risks from trying to control change. And I think we really don't have the governance and mechanisms that are up to that. And I think maybe we should just accept the same constraints our ancestors did and let the world continue the way they accepted the world continuing as perhaps the best we can do at the time, given how bad we would be at trying to control change. Right. I see. So that's more my more fundamental position here is in terms of, yes, our descendants might be different and they might disagree with us about values, but they'll probably have a lot of things they value. And there's probably a lot of things that we would find similar with them and see resonance. And that's good enough. Yeah. So, uh, because it's going to be really hard to actually do anything else but accept right. the past process by which change happened. And I, I really think there's huge things that can go wrong by trying to control this process. But cool. that's my overall position is just, but that's why I want to set up this comparison with right, you know, right. ignoring AI in the past, because I want to highlight to what extent do you think AI is different than the default without AI? To what extent are you proposing to do something different than our ancestors did? with respect yep. to our problems we face compared to the problems they faced. Yep. So I do think we should try to do something different. Um, I don't think that we should just give up the resources of the universe to whatever values happen to be there. Uh, do you think our ancestors should have done something different too? Did they make a mistake? Uh, I mean, how recent ancestors? Uh, any yes, ancestors? I, any? Do, yes, is there yes. any period at which our ancestors should have tried to prevent change that happened. They, yeah, from their yeah. lights, they should have tried to yes. lock down change and said, nope, no more. Uh, I mean, I don't know about change in general, but I think it would have been great if uh, there had been some sort of conspiracy to, like, you know, keep AI stuff secret, to keep uh, deep learning secret. Yeah, I think that setting aside AI, all the other technologies that have ever appeared in the past, should somebody have tried to prevent the discovering of the new world, the steam engine? Should people have prevented the computer? Should they have prevented, nope. you know? So then in your mind, uh, the changes that resulted from those are different than AI, right? Yep. Because yep, that seems right. Because this process of just generically change, taking away from the list of three hundred, that was happening for the last ten thousand years. Uh, maybe if it was, then like I assure I'm, you, it was. That is okay. Well, that is look. It, there's there's this question of how old are the three hundred things that I care about, um, and uh maybe they were around a long time uh but or maybe they weren't maybe they just they right. just started being around um either way the things that i care about are in fact the things that i 
care about. Right, but if you can take, you know, our, take our ancestors like, from 10,000 years ago and think of their right. list of 300, it's not equal to your list of 300. Oh, I see what you're saying. You're saying you should, saw, should be... Yeah, by their should, values. I see, right. I see. Yeah, well, I mean, su- suppose... So the ancient yeah. Egyptians have tried to lock down change and, and conquered their enemies and made sure, you know, new technologies didn't appear and new social movements right. didn't appear so that new religions didn't appear so that they could make sure their list of 300 things stayed. Uh, I would have preferred that they didn't. Uh, but from their point of view, do you think from their they, point of view, they made a mistake made... by not by allowing uh, change? It depends how well poised they were to do it, obviously, also, like and how costly it would have been. Um, but suppose that, you know, I mean, certainly if they had a decent shot, they should have done it. Uh, yeah, that seems right. Okay, um, so yeah. Yeah. For, for the record, that doesn't seem clear to me, because I, I actually think there's something sort of predictable about that even those ancient Egyptian people might have liked the material abundance now more than their gods. I don't think they would have said that at the time if I asked them, but I guess I believe in some sort of, yeah, but if they really knew. Yeah, sure. But there's, there's, there's some sort of trade-off, right? Like, right. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah. but unless there's been a change, then by that light, he should, you know, prefer the material abundance of AI and give up on fun and love. Right. So I, yeah, I mean, from my perspective, there's a the potential difference with AI. I don't know whether I think this is like this is right or not, but I think I think I value some sort of continuity, and it seems like an open question for me whether AI would be continuous. Though that's that's different. So yeah, we, we can talk when we get into that. What what you mean by continuity, basically? Well, what what is continuity? Yeah, I mean, exactly? I th- yeah, I, I'll just keep it very brief. I don't. I certainly don't think I have coherent thoughts about that. But I'm like, I think I'm pretty cool. I think five years from me now will be pretty great. But if you sort of replaced me with like something that's sort of generically better, but it's I, that I find myself objecting, which I think is sort of a common thing. I don't know if it's coherent or not, but I stand well, by let's, it. For let's now. see if we can reify that or, or you know make yeah. it more vivid right. as we get into this okay but i just you know but, but sure. i am happy to note that basically you know at least uh ronnie right. um is basically saying the past should have prevented change if they could have done so at a low cost because on average i mean change sorry. is bad basically not change in general, right? There's lots of changes. But cha- that... any sort of changes that could possibly threaten the key 300 things. And not that could possibly, that are very likely to. Or like, you know, but you can most make, you cultural can change, on, maybe on most tech and cultural ones, change right? did change those things. That is, you know. Sure. Uh, I, I mean, here, here are some changes like, you know, um, would I, if I were, so, okay, so. We've got the ancient Egyptians. They're sitting around, and you know they have uh, discovered a print. You know they've discovered the printing press. Um, uh, I do think that they should be pretty wary about just like printing a bunch of stuff. Um, right. So any technology but that I don't has think a substantial should, risk like, of cultural impact would um, be something you would recommend they shut down if they could. I don't, oh, wait, I'm you said sure. be wary about, and then you said shut down if they could, which those don't seem the same yet. Yeah, I, I, I think, I think worry is uh, much better than just literally shut it down. Um, I, I, you know, I think you should like dip your toes in, try printing a few thousand things, see how it goes. Uh, oh, but so there might be an intermediate thing that's even better. But between the two extremes of do nothing or completely shut down change. Completely shut down change is preferable to the other option. 
in your in view, the from case, their point of view. That is, in the case th- of the printing press, I don't know. I, I mean, it's a very difficult empirical question, obviously. I just mean averaging. That is, the, the key story is, if you think that from their point of view, they made a mistake in that the world, if it had not changed at all, would have been better for them than the world they actually appeared. Right. Then, well, I, I mean, I don't want to take a position on yay change or boo change. Um, but I but think that I, is the position you've taken here. That that's the whole point. That, that that's the that's the argument okay, we're I trying to get into position, here. I, I don't see how it's the, fully the position Ronnie has taken. Uh, I think we have more information about individual technologies than like it's a change or it's not a change. Okay, so here's the candidate position I think you've taken. Mm-hmm. That is, every generation has its three hundred things mm-hmm. that are its essentials, mm-hmm. and that overall growth of civilization is less important overall than maintaining those 300 things typically those 300 things get lost over time at a rate that's high enough that means the loss of that is more than the gain from other things so that if it was just the stark choice between allowing the change that did happen versus not allowing any change in those 300 things they would have preferred the not any change that that doesn't mean there isn't a third option where they would have allowed a few changes and that could be even better but yeah. overall, yes. the package yes. of yes. all the changes that happen yep. versus no change, they would prefer yep. the no change, which Given I think is the... a pretty anti-change position. Cool. Given the choice between we're locked on the planet, we're locked on Earth, and uh, you know we still have fun and love and awe and wonder in the universe, and uh, we lose love, awe, wonder in the universe, but we get an intergalactic economy. Uh, with no experiences in it and nothing that I value in it. Yes, I pick we're locked on Earth. But you said no experiences in it? Yeah. So there's there's no, you know, there's no like, yeah, you know. See, with, with I, I, I do kind of want to keep moving around. on, but I guess I flag this as an important thing that you said. Yeah, I, I think was, it's important. I, I think what you're saying, yeah. Ronnie, is you're picking a, a worse case and you're saying that case I don't like. But I want to focus more on the typical case because that's what we're doing in the past, right? We say from the ancient Egyptians... There's the typical case, and I think we can pick the actual case as a typical case. I don't think we think the actual case was very atypical. That is, the actual case, they should have preferred no change to the actual change that happened, and the actual change was typical. So if the process still continues into the future, if it's the same sort of process, then we should also prefer that the actual of no change to the actual to the typical actual change that's likely to occur in the future averaging over technologies, averaging over this different tech scenarios, et cetera, just generically changes bad unless we can find some way to make a compromise, like to get the better change and not get the worst ones. But if we take the whole package, it's bad. When, okay. When I average over technologies, right? Like uh, I assume my distribution over AI outcomes is very different than yours. So, I mean, I want to say not conditioning on we have super intelligences or conditioning on we don't have super intelligences, uh, yeah. So I mean, we didn't have super intelligence uh, yeah, for the last ten thousand years, right? So I just think in that, that the period rate, it was still bad, even without super intelligences. Yeah. So the rate at which things fall off, I imagine, uh, might well be compensated for at given the rate that things grow. But at um, least it's close. But, I'm I'm not sure. You're on the uh, you're on the fence. I'm happy to. I'm just not. I'm not, sure, I'm not sure it's close. 
yeah. But you're not sure. That, that, let's let, let's mm-hmm. play that, right? Yeah. So sure. let's just plant sure. that flag, right? So the point sure. is, when you look at the, our ancient Egyptians' choice between what actually happened and no change, from your point yeah. of view, they shouldn't be very sure allowing change was a good idea. And in fact, stopping change might have been a good idea. You're, you're not very sure. Well, and therefore, when we look to the future, you're also not very sure. No, well, sure. Uh, I mean, even ignoring over, superintelligence, looking to the future, you go, that's a pretty tough trade-off. I'm not sure I like, you know, the growth yeah, and trade like for losing stuff your, off the Make list. sure your answer on the Egyptians is solid. I, I don't feel sure that you've answered the question about the Egyptians. Maybe you did, but I don't, didn't trust it for some reason. Yeah. So, I mean, it depends how similar the ancient Egyptians actually were to us or would have been if they had more time to think. Like, I, I don't know. Uh, but like I can imagine ancient Egyptians that were very conservative about their religion and very conservative about what were the things they really cared about. Um, and I can imagine them looking at us and being like, these guys don't have the right reverence for the pharaohs at all or whatever the ancient Egyptians thought. Um, Honestly, and, the ancient Egyptians are probably a lot more like us than the typical other human at the time. Okay. <laughs> we take other humans besides the ancient Egyptians at the same time. They're going to like us even less. Sure. So I'm like Egyptians had a civilization of sorts that was much sure, more sure. like us. Sure. So I, you know, I I don't know, um, but like, uh, I can definitely imagine ancient Egyptians that would look at us and say, "Oh man, that was a mistake." Uh, and if they would look at us and say that was a mistake, then maybe they should have done something about it. Okay, but so now the analogous question: setting aside AI, just looking at a future, ignoring AI. We still have the same trade-off. That is, you see growth and and the continuing of argument, and that's good. But you also see a, a drift process that could just take away the items off the list of three hundred essential things. When you weigh those things, and you you know, do you feel like rolling the dice? If you could have just a stop change option, would that be better than rolling the dice and seeing what if happens? If I condition on no AI, then no, I would probably, yeah, I think probably the the growth is going to be like way better and we'll probably still have fun and love and sex and but, stuff. But, but are, aren't you, how much change are you assuming? I mean, I, I assume that even without AI, our descendants are going to change a whole lot. So sure. what, even what time scale? So are we talking a thousand years, a million, a billion, trillion? What what time scale are you talking about when you are imagining yeah, I mean, they're going to change like, that much? Uh, over the course, I mean, over the course of tens of thousands of years, I'm imagining I'm probably going to be pretty happy. Over the course of a billion years, I have no no idea. Yes, you do. You just don't want to look uh, at it. I mean, I think you do have an idea. I think you should expect huge change. Sorry. Yeah, uh, I should expect huge change. You should expect and, this and, random walk to continue and this things to keep yes, dropping off yeah, this sure. list of 300. So I think you've got I, to expect out of this 300, maybe you've got 30 in a billion years or three. Yeah, sure. In a billion okay, but years. What do you, and what do you think of that? That's the question. What yeah, do you think? bad. Seems bad. Wait, okay, wait, wait, wait. Sorry. This, so this is not what you said, Ronnie. But I also think that you maybe something may value something like I don't know years of conscious experience of the stuff you like. And it does not seem obvious to me that if you say shut down all change, we're staying on the planet. You even get more years of the thing you like than in in this other scenario where maybe you get it, but there's some drop off, but it's growing really fast. I don't know if that seems relevant oh, to you. It right. seems relevant yeah, to no, me. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. I mean, yeah, we might overall. Yeah. I mean, look, if we if we stop the change and we just stay on the planet, I mean, in a billion years, we're maybe still screwed. Right. Um, 
Like, there's certain types of change it seems unrealistic to talk about stop, stopping, at least from my perspective. Like, are we still, the sun is still going to do what it's going to do, for right. example. So that, sure. that to me puts a bound on like right. the possible value sure. in the no change scenario. That seems, note, that's right. Note that our world is so large that there's a small fraction of ancient Egyptian fans in our world who might <laughs> totally. be comparable to the number of ancient Egyptian elites back then. And so from the purpose of saving what ancient Egyptians value, if there's just, they just want some of that to continue, maybe we have kept that continuing as a tiny fraction of our much larger world. Sure. Yeah, yeah. I think that seems a little cherry picked on the ancient Egyptian side. There are plenty of other ancient religions that didn't stick around, right? Right. But that's a, relevant for your future. You're, you want to say, sure. well, sure, in a huge future, there'll be some part of it that does what you like. and. Well, that's not sure. true for that's some not, things, but, right? That's <laughs> yeah. Well, I I find it plausible. Like, if if the two options are yes, we decide. Uh, I don't know what's what's the realistic thing here. Uh, let's just say don't colonize other planets, something like that. So, option one, we don't colonize any planets. I'm like, okay, probably in like a million years, uh, things are pretty screwed, and we only had one planet. Where if we do colonize other planets, you know, things change faster, but we also get more time. I'm not sure which like integral is bigger. Um, it's, I don't know, we, we, we might very well overall get more of the stuff that I liked in like that space time than in the one where we locked on the planet. Uh, even if, you know, I'm not like, I'm not anti very different minds. I'm just very pro uh, the minds that we have around. Um, so, so I'm, I'm happy with us just setting up the framing we have so far. I don't need you to be sure. Sure, sure, sure. sure. I, I, you know, I, I just want us to see that, cool. in That's fact, good. there's a awareness from change. Because even without AI, the default future will, will have a lot of losing of the list of 300 essentials. Yep. Even if on net it's okay, yep. you're still a thing you lament there as a huge thing. Oh, a- absolutely. Yeah. And... No. Then if we move to AI, we can make comparisons. So now the question sure, is, sure. when we talk about AI, what sure. are the reasons to think that, I mean, how is AI different? Is it just a rate at which things change difference? Or is there some other qualitative difference that matters once we add AI to the mix? Yeah, I think, so I think there is a qualitative difference uh, in that, like, the so, you know, we were talking before about, like, a disposition mm-hmm. in the random walk. Uh, and I think that that is very likely to just uh, go in a totally different direction. Um, and sure, well, we I mean, say more about it. So, so let so let me start. I mean, I would like to just describe my default AI future, how it would play out. And mm-hmm. the question is, do you have a different default future, and that's why we might disagree, or do you just disagree with the consequences of the same default future? Mm-hmm. So. I might say the default would be AI firms in our capitalist economy produce AIs. They sell them to customers to gain value. So their incentives mm-hmm. are to make the sort of AIs their customers will find congenial and, and useful. And whenever an AI gets out of control, then they are the main ones who suffer, their customers and the firms, because uh, people won't want to buy from right. that firm anymore. And uh, the firms will be very much trying to evolve these AIs to be 
congenial to the customers and to fit into the human slots they're replacing, be it a lawyer or whatever else. So they will try to make these AIs look on the surface and act in most context, practical contexts, a lot like humans in terms of their style and values and, and habits. Mm -hmm. And then over time, uh, the economy gets larger with these AIs. The AIs become um, more powerful. They perhaps own themselves. They own capital. They are you know, in the capitalist economy, having their own preferences and uh, get, buying the things they want. If plausibly they are more productive than ordinary humans, perhaps even than M's, uh, they would, their fraction of wealth would grow. No one of them would dominate because there'd be thousands and millions of them, you know, using the same sort of social structures we do, like law and contract and markets to hold each other and, you know, discipline each other and to watch out for each other. And um, therefore, eventually, it's possible they might have a revolution or some sort of a civil war wherein uh, one of the axes of that war could be AIs versus not. And with that possibility, they might steal you know, take the property of others or kill others. Uh, that's a thing that's always been possible in our society so far. Civil war, there's many possible dimensions of which it happened, but that's one of them. And then the issue is like how much more likely that is that than any other civil war. And then over time, the, you know, ordinary human types, people would lose more jobs. They'd retire, move to the margins of the world, spend their retirement wealth uh, with a comfortable but marginal existence. Mm -hmm. um, that's roughly my default future of AI. Um, so is it that you think that a, the, the future will be different than this or that you dislike the consequences of the scenario I just described? Uh, I think there's a fair, yeah. I'm happy to give that like, I don't know, some amount of probability between like 20 and 80%. I'm not exactly sure. Okay. Uh, but there's some other scenario you want to highlight. That's uh, different in yes. the scenario. Yes. The other scenario that I want to highlight is like basically they just got much more intel there are there are ML systems, uh and they you know, there's they also get integrated into the economy. Um, and some systems become much smarter much more quickly. We find systems that are like generally smarter than uh right than humans but, but uh, that's all consistent with the scenario i gave so at what point mm -hmm. are you deviating from the scenario i gave at the point that i'm deviating is that um at some point very quickly there's a basically a coup that's very quick uh and like is or, or civil war if you like in some sense yeah i mean i imagine things to go much faster uh like a civil war can go fast sure but in terms of the kind of thing it is it's um, a, sure, sure. You know, in society, some coalition of parties decides that they're going to take over from the rest of society, yep. exert force, and basically physically take over, and yep. to some degree take the property from others or even kill others. Yep. Robin, is there so, something you like about civil war better than coup? Is, like, does it seem more? Well, a coup is just about the military taking over, right? Oh, I see. I see. So, I see. So, <laughs> so it's a specific sense. version of a yeah, civil yeah, yeah. war. Makes, okay. sense. makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Right, but you can have other yeah, yeah. civil wars that aren't initiated yep. by the military, right? Sure. Yep. So exactly, a civil war uh, on the planet, and I expect it to go fairly fast. Um, and I think that this might happen before it's very obvious that like ML so systems are so, like in the economy or something like that. And can we say that most of your concern about AI scenarios versus non-AI scenarios is concentrated in these scenarios? No, I don't think so. No. 
So, so uh, then should so, we list the other scenarios? Because we have to decide which scenarios to focus in on. If we spend all our time on this and then you say, but that go, wasn't my let's worry. Just go with, <laughs> let's, just go, let's just go with the original one that you uh, painted out. That's fine. Um, you're concerned about that one too, you're saying? Yeah. Okay, yeah, totally. so yeah. what are you then? What are you concerned about? I guess I want to take whatever yeah, is your it's, scenario it's, of most concern. Yeah. So if that's that, cool. if that's a substantial scenario of concern, we can walk into that. But I would cool. I would feel sad if the end of this we didn't end up talking about the scenario you actually are most worried about. Yeah, uh, I think that that's fine. It might be the scenario I'm most worried about. I, I feel well, let's a little try unsure. for twenty minutes or something and talk about yeah, it yeah. and see where we yeah, go. Yeah. Cool. And Maybe. like, are the things that you are worried about in that scenario ones that you expect to be pretty similar across scenarios you're yes. worried about? Okay. Yeah. Then I think it's, yeah, yeah. I think that's I think important. It's, I think so, so pretty much fine. Let's be clear. First, I had this peaceful transition scenario where basically some things like humans were pushed, had to retire and push to the side and weren't the center yeah. of attention, but it was peaceful. And yeah. then we had the civil war scenario. Yeah. Which of these two scenarios is your bigger concern? Uh, I'm, I mean, the civil war scenario seems worse in some ways. Um, but it might be a lower probability, so I don't. You have to weigh those two right, to tell right, me right, which right. you're more worried about. Uh, I think the civil war scenario is higher probability, um, but the, and it's also a higher damage. So I guess that means yeah, it's the yeah. scenario you're more worried about. Okay, yeah. so now now the question is: so let's like set some context here. Civil wars have happened in the past, right? Yep, and they've happened at. at in all through history, in a lot of context, there have been coups, of course, initiated yep. by the military, but there's other kinds of civil war. There's revolutions where the poor take over and kill the rich, right? And we know a fair bit about the causes and context of civil wars in our world. So we can use that as context to think about AI civil wars. Yep. So one thing we know is that uh, societies always have thousands of possible fault lines along which a civil war could happen. Mm-hmm. It could be tall versus the short, riches versus poor, old versus young, mm-hmm. you know, engineer, word cells versus shape rotators, right? There's just mm-hmm. all these different divisions, and they're mm-hmm. all candidate divisions for civil war. Okay, I think mm-hmm. I want to flag that I don't know that I trust that. And I I mean, I'm not sure, but I guess I feel like haven't some people sort of tried to break down the factors that cause civil wars to happen? I bet it's mostly like 80% of the, it is explained by something much lower dimensional than that. It probably doesn't matter, but... Well, I mean, these are all possible. We, there's certainly things that more often cause civil wars, but sure. like, but our, our fundamental understanding is. I guess, any but of I don't think there's happen. ever been a civil war where people primarily divided on height lines, unless that was correlated with one of the other factors, which I guess I it think, would have been. But Robin's just trying to say there's like a bunch of ways that you could partition the minds into two warring factions. Yeah. And, uh, anyway, that right. Okay, but um, so in order to have a civil war. I mean, basically what has to happen is there has to create a coalition around an expectation that the alignment will be along a certain axis. Mm -hmm. It will be rich versus poor, for example, or to an ethnic one ethnicity versus another. Mm -hmm. And so it takes time and effort to coordinate around, around the perception that that will be the conflict. And Every attempt to make the axis be, you know, one particular one is in conflict with all the other potential axes. Mm-hmm. People are always trying to inflame various divisions, and you can't inflame them all at once, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so people have to somehow decide which of these features of themselves are more important for their alignment. And then you also have to not just make some of the dimensions focal, i.e., we expect this to be the way we're, we have a conflict. You also then have to sort of make people expect there might be a civil war soon 
so that they start to prepare for it. So they'd have to collect ammunition and uh, resources, but they'd also have to start distancing their connections from the other side of the potential civil war. And so when we've seen civil wars, we almost always see that sort of a preparation. <laughs> A a division happening. Um, I think this is not totally a distraction on my part. Is there a reason for calling it civil war versus war? I think of civil war as within one country, and that seems meaningfully not what I would expect to be. But Ronnie is not talking about a separate nation of AIs starting the conquering of nations, right? But if it's between different nations, I don't know. It it seems more natural to me to call that war if we're including the entire planet potentially participating. I I would say war is when the factions are representing different countries, different geographically separated peoples. That's the usual concept of war. So any other organized conflict, you I mean, I guess, but actually, war. but I, my model of modern wars is that in fact, a bunch of places sort of have their fingers in the pot of trying to support different local coalitions. The Ukrainian-Russian war is called yeah. a war because there was a line and a bunch of people from one side rushed across yeah. the line to the other side. And they were okay. These two groups of people were identified so it, with these. It two doesn't locations, seem like to me right? like a central example of war. It also to me doesn't seem like a central example of civil war, which is within one country. It seems like a central example of neither to me. I mean, I'm happy to say that the main coalitions will not be drawn based on geography. Sure. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Right. So, so there'll yeah. be a, a potential violent conflict where the divisions mm-hmm. aren't geographically based. And so right. they're not organized around militaries, as we usually understand it, which are usually mm-hmm. set sure. to defend some geographic territory, right? Sure. Yeah. So in the past, civil wars have been preceded by some attempt from the different parties to coordinate on, we are, have to stick together. We watch out for who of us seems to be loyal to us versus betraying us and interact with the other side. They sort of distance themselves from the other sides and collect resources preparing for such a conflict. So, sure. for example, in the United States today, we might see political polarization happening slowly. And in fact, the left and the right are moving to different areas and they are not having being friends with each other and they are not willing to be boyfriend girlfriend with each other and they read different media and even eat at different restaurants and talk a lot about how the other guys they hate them and how these other people are inhuman right those are Mm -hmm. the kinds of things that happen before a civil war in preparation because in fact most societies are pretty well integrated across many axes with many people knowing other people across the axes and so you can't really have a civil war until you to do these preparatory things. So this mm-hmm. lets us understand sort of the difficulties of setting up a civil war is you have to create these expectations and coordinate on them and also the obstacles to civil wars. And so one of the things that happens in our society is that like once nobody expects such a war coming anytime soon, they are all mixed up with each other. They're not defended against the possibility of war they don't have a basement full of weapons and and food and, and they have don't right. like go out and live in the junk you know in the countryside to to be prepared for it right and so our noticing that nobody else is preparing for a civil war is one of the main things that lets us all feel safe that it's not about to happen mm-hmm. right and so one of the issues that prevents civil wars, if some axis starts to talk about how a civil war is coming, as some people have done on the left-right division in the U.S., 
one of the things that happens is everybody has to wonder if you manage to get this coalition together to get the civil war going, and then you actually have the war. And even if you win, you've set up the correlate, you've set up the conditions necessary for the next group to have the next civil war. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you've made it much easier for now the poor to go against the rich or the men against women or whatever else it is. So one of the things that holds people back from civil war is not feeling very confident that they could limit it to one quick civil war that then is over. I mean, of course, this is say something we saw in the French Revolution and other revolutions that the first part of the revolution isn't the full revolution. Mm -hmm. There's backstabbing and new coalitions form and new efforts to cut out previous elements of the coalition that was part of the revolution so that some other group can take over. Yeah. So, so that's part of how we understand why civil war is rare. I mean, it's just trying to yep. get us to have a model of civil war being rare and, and understanding why. And, and okay. a part of it is also that, like, long ago, if you had a civil war and you burned all the buildings and burned all the crops and all the most of the people were left, or say you yep. killed all the men and left the women, you were getting a pretty good deal because the crops could grow back, you could make the buildings fast, and you didn't destroy that much. But in a modern economy... Uh, a civil war can destroy a lot more of the whole value at stake. Yep. And that's another reason why we don't do civil wars so much now. Yep. Is that we are just more vulnerable there, right? So I just yep. wanted to set up these contexts for civil war. So now we want to ask, why do we think AI-based civil war is more likely than any other civil war? As agreeing yeah. that civil war has long always been possible right. and a risk, and seeing and we're now seeing some of the factors that we can help us understand why civil war is now reduced. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I don't want to argue, I don't think. Like, it, I, like, my view doesn't depend that much on there being a civil war or something. Like, the main thing that bothers me is the consequences after that or something. Um, like, however it turns out that AI ends up being the dominant, uh, I don't know, dominant bunch of parts, dominant part of the economy, dominant most of, like, most of the political power, most of the planning for things in general is done by AI. M- most of the plans that get executed, most of like the moving around matter is like planned by AI. Uh, that's a scenario that I'm worried about. One way we might get there is a civil war. Another way we might get there is peaceful. Uh, but, so, like, but so I just, I mean, I elaborated that initial scenario, which was a yeah. scenario where AI becomes dominant peacefully. Yes, right. Yeah, I, I, I was about... more concerned about the Civil War one because it seemed worse and more likely. But in fact, Ronnie, you're like, yeah, but they both have the same problem. Yep. One of them they seems a little the, worse, the, but the, they have the, the same fundamental the problem. The main, yeah. The, so the, what the is the problem, problem now, exactly? Yeah, so the, so the problem is... A world where I'm... AIs come to have more wealth right. than other people. Yeah, so what I, what I see as the problem is that I expect their values to be very, very, very different from what I care about. Uh, and so I expect the, the universe that they end up building to be very boring and pointless from my point of view. So, I, I mean, let's just, I want to make it explicit because I thought we were agreeing. The values you care about are not at the moment genetically encoded in human DNA. Uh, they are certainly they, because they have yeah. changed yeah. over the last 10,000, mm-hmm. 100,000 years culturally, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas genes yeah, maybe haven't some of them are much. like fun, maybe is in there. You care about okay, it. Yeah, right. yeah, whatever. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we're we're mostly talking about culturally encoded values that you're worried sure. about losing and yep. 
we already have reasons to believe many of these values are evolutionary equilibrium that won't go away because there's a structure that holds them in place. Uh-huh. So, uh, but... Wait, wait. So I, I don't... I am skeptical that's really a point of agreement. That's not a point of agreement. I don't think. Okay. Uh, I want to flag that it's not. But, okay. But I don't think it's going to be relevant. Uh, okay, I, I think I it is, but I continue I mean, to have so, a different... I mean, so for oh, example, wait. fun... You know, many animals have had fun. Yep. It's a robust biological feature. So I think yep. we have an understanding of why fun exists. And therefore, you can be pretty confident fun will continue uh, because there are these structures that make fun a thing. Wait, is that oh, true? Yeah. Yeah, I think this is a this is a point of disagreement and an important one. Yeah, I think that's a I think that's a point of disagreement. I'm like, yeah. So, so why just, do you think all these other animals have fun? Uh, I don't know why they have fun. Uh, I assume some sort of learning thing. Is that learning right? from humans? You think? Oh, but no, they had no, fun no, long no. before humans. No, 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 no. no. just learning uh, in general, right? Yes, right. Yes. Yeah, some sort, some sort of learning thing where the and you the, think learning will go away? Learning is just a recent thing that will disappear. Uh, no, but I think that the way that machine learning models learn doesn't require fun. I think fun is a very particular, weird thing that we stumbled across in evolution, and. It, there's no particular reason to expect machine learning models to end up having fun, like or having any of the circuitry for it. Yeah. It, it okay, seems so like really I, weird. I think I, I, I want to flag this because to me, this seems like the crux of it. For, and this, these aren't quite what either of you has said yet. But Robin, I think you think the interesting stuff is all going to predictably happen whenever something alive is trying to accomplish something ambitious. It might not take the exact same form, but something... But I don't know, maybe it kind of will. Maybe something like fun will be the same. And Ronnie, I think you don't think that. And I think this is a major point of important disagreement. Yeah, I am fairly confident that machine learning models will not end up with fun unless we like do it very on purpose and learn a lot more about what fun is. Uh, seems very unlikely. Like, yeah, I guess I maybe part of the background here is that I think that like even the evolved minds, if we include all of the animals, the evolved minds on Earth, I think of as like a very, very, very small fraction of the possible minds that you could make. And machine learning is like... But, so fun oh. just seems to have broad value in learning in that that it's basically how you practice well, right, I, stuff in a low con, low risk context. Basically, and, fun is just you carve off a territory and you say, let's practice in this space. In this space, we won't, we'll hold in our claws. We won't really hurt each other. And if some real danger comes, we will declare fun is over. And now we're going to go into serious mode. That's the history of fun. That seems very robust. That's a, basically a sandbox. I mean, you're claiming that learners will never have sandboxes in the future. AIs would never need sandboxes where they practice. Oh, that's not what I'm claiming. Wait, but I'm claiming that's yeah, that, yeah. what fun is. Fun is a sandbox. That's okay, what it is. Let's talk about that. Because I think, Ronnie, you think that the the thing that you value about fun would not necessarily happen in any algorithm that's running a sandbox of the type Robin described. Yep, I think right? that's right. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So can yep. we, can in we fact, figure I this think one that's out? That's very unlikely. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't know exactly what fun is. Um, but we can but, tell you. I mean, we know, we understand a lot about the biology of I fun. I mean, sorry, we understand like, what behaviors are associated with it? We like have a we pretty good story. Why it's for, there? Well, we have a good story for why it's there. Uh, but there's like a whole bunch of other stuff to fun, right? Like it feels a particular way. It makes me smile. Uh, it. I don't. I mean. I mean, just that. It's very unlikely to make ML models want to smile. 
It's very unlikely that they'll have yeah, mouths. But is that okay? Wait a minute, Ronnie. But is that so, fundamental to what you care about, like the mouth position part? No, I don't. I don't know exactly what's fundamental. Okay. Uh, I, sure. I mean, like, I, I don't know exactly what's fundamental, but like some of. But I can I mean, tell it's you the specific circuit. We understand a lot I, about this smiling. This is not true, Robin. <laughs> uh, there, there are ML models right now that do things in sandboxes and then do different things when they're not in the sandbox, but they don't have fun. Wait, How do you know so they Robin, don't have fun? Yeah, okay, uh, this is interesting. Because uh, they don't smile? I, no, it's not because they don't smile. Uh, well, I claim that when I say, yes, I'm having fun, uh, there's a whole bunch of stuff going on that we don't understand very well. Uh, and when I say a bunch of stuff, I mean, I don't know, something in, in my cognition, like some sort of cognitive science stuff happening uh, that we don't understand very well and that stuff is not happening in the machine learning models i know because okay so, so let's... structurally very different yeah i was an ai researcher for nine years a long time okay. ago 84 to yep. 93 and people would often ask can computers do x for a wide range mm -hmm. of x and my standard answer was always well yes badly <laughs> For mm -hmm. any X you give, we can show you computer systems that do it badly. The hard mm -hmm. thing is to, to do it well, right? Mm -hmm. So if you give me this list of 300 things and you can name them, it seems to me, well, you don't really mean just doing that thing literally. You mean some way in which humans do it differently than you imagine they would do it, even for fun or love or anything else. And so yep. there's really wait, 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 this... Robin opaque would, list that you have. In would mind. you have said in 1990 that computers do consciousness, but badly? Yes. Huh. Can you expand on that? I'm surprised. Consciousness, as you know, is this swamp. Yeah, <laughs> no, so, I, I, mean, I, I don't just, want to get too mired, but it's, it's almost like the worst possible topic to pick here to distract <laughs> us. Pick anything else, honestly, anything else. Okay, but it's, it's on my list, right? <laughs> Like, I don't fully know what I mean by it, but I want to put it on my list of things. Well, I, I, but well all the other things I could give you a computational story more, about why the AIs can do well, it. Well, that's why, why I picked can't. that one. But anyway, fine. You can <laughs> skip it. More, I, more generally, though. I, yeah, that's totally right. It's, it's an opaque list. I don't really know what, right. what the so items are. So the key thing is to totally. say is there's this essential ways that humans are different, and you want to preserve that, and you don't really know what they are. You kind of think they're roughly correlated with some behaviors like laughing or having fun, but you, I could show you how a computer would laugh or have fun and you wouldn't think that was ex acceptable I mean, I know substitute. How to find out or something. Uh, how would you find out? Uh, I don't know. I mean, here's the thing I would grant you if there was a, a, you know, if there was a really good brain scan and you had really good simulations of neurons uh, and you were running that simulation and you were just like running a copy of Ronnie on a computer, uh, and you're having all of the neurons do whatever it is they do when I'm, I don't know, playing so a video uploaded. game I like. Yeah, I get uploaded. Uh, yeah. I'm like, yep, well, definitely that thing's having fun. Um, and so I'll bet we could make in the relatively near future, we can make a large language model which has facial expressions and tone of voice and we could yep. make it em emulate fun. It would laugh and smile and do the various things that you're associating with fun. <laughs> no, sure. but that wouldn't satisfy you, right? No, it wouldn't uh, because I claim the cognition is going to be very, very, very fundamentally different. Uh, yeah. So in some sense, there's just some unique way human brains do things. You don't know what it is, but your yep. value is tied to that thing and it won't 
it won't satisfy if I show you other things, being in love, laughing, being creative, you know, might, though, being jealous. It None of that will, I, if you see the upload, right? Yes. It's only yeah. because he believes it comes from the same internal human structure. That's the only reason he believes the upload. He doesn't actually see anything about the upload's behavior that convinces him. It's just knowing that right. it was an upload that convinces him. That's it. I mean, look, if you give me behavior that's enough like it, if you give me behavior that's like, yeah, uh, that looks a lot like it, then I'll be, then I'll also be convinced. Uh, but, you know, an, an MLM model right now using a sandbox. Uh, yeah. Okay. But the, the key point is I can't point to sort of the behaviors like laughing or being in love or, you know, playing or things like that as the thing you want, because those are just proxies for this hidden structure. That's the thing you value. Okay, wait, right. Can you totally. describe the thing you value about fun and like how you might recognize it, even though of that seems it's not so perfect? hard? Uh, really? that, yeah, that seems really hard. I don't know. Like, oh, okay. that seems really, really hard. I mean, I don't think he does. I don't think he could. That is, I think his value is on this thing inside humans that other minds don't have, whatever it is. He doesn't know what it is, but that's the thing he values. And he doesn't know how to tell from whether, how a machine laughs, whether it has but, that thing. Okay, but, but, but part of why that seems wrong to me is that, Ronnie, you just said, if I saw enough behaviors, then I might be convinced. So that, that makes sure. me think. Yeah, yeah, that's right. But enough okay. is a lot here. He means like... To well, check yeah, that it's well, not basically. Well, no, no, let's check. <laughs> I want to. Well, I want to confirm. Is that what you yeah, mean? Yeah. I mean, uh, sorry. Well, it depends how the behaviors got there. Um, but sure, if we did a bunch of stochastic gradient descent and we ended up with a general mind, uh, and uh, without specifically training it to do things like have fun, it like just spontaneously starts having fun. Uh, I would say, oh, that's surprising. And like, yeah, that's it's more likely that that thing is having fun in the way that I care about it than... Uh, like if fun wasn't in the training set or something? Yeah, like if it wasn't part of what it was trained to do uh, and it just spontaneously starts doing it, that seems it seems more likely like that whatever it's doing and we're calling fun is somehow logically so, the same sort of thing. So remember my reference scenario here is a bunch of for-profit firms make a bunch of AIs that they try to make look like human to fit in human slights that two ordinary humans feel like they're humans. And, you know, their intuition says, Oh, that feels okay. They're comfortable with it. Yep. And but though, and they constantly test those things and monitor them in a range of situations to, to see that, that, that is roughly the fact. And right. that includes laughing and, and being jealous and in love and all those other things. Are you right. satisfied then that those things are good enough? No, because they've been specifically designed to do that, right? They've been specifically trained to do it um, and specifically trained to, like, give the behaviors. Whereas, like, in the scenario I was talking about, it spontaneously happens when we were just, like, training a thing to do some other okay, general so kind of So think of children, right? Yeah. I mean, children are trained to act like their parents. This is an accident that children act like their parents. They, they sure. go through all this education and culturation. Sure. Why are you more trust the children to have the thing you want than the AIs? Yeah, but you, I think you know why, right? No, that this is exactly yeah, the key question. Uh, well, because I think their brains are very much like my brain. So that's the, the whole, that, so that's the whole point I was trying to say. What you really have is a preference over some structure of human brains. You don't know what it is. You just know that you prefer that structure of human brains. Yeah, but, but that's, the, that's think, the bottom line here. That's the whole point. Like I, the, the I thing mean, about fun also, and love and all that, those are all proxies for the structure. The structure is the thing you want. 
it's not, not the just other the stuff. structure. I mean, it's not just the structure. There's also like, I mean, it, I don't think the structure would have to be literally identical to my brain. I mean, you could probably write a Python program that has fun. I just don't know how to. Um, okay, wait, here's, here's, I have a question on this point. Let's say, Ronnie, we, this is, of course, a topic of interest of Robbins, but let's say we meet some aliens, okay? Mm-hmm. And you can't see, you don't get to see inside their brain. Mm-hmm. And let's say you can confirm that they haven't been watching a bunch of human videos of humans and like trying to trick us or something. Mm-hmm. And you're interacting. Do you feel mm-hmm. like you could get a sense of like, oh yeah, that thing is having fun or that thing is not having fun behaviorally? Yes. Yes, I do. I, I do think I could. Okay. And so I claim this is some, this is a little different from how I think you're characterizing it, Robin, then, given that example. But for the children versus the LLM, right? He says, I don't trust the LLM because it's been selected to look like me, but I do trust the children because I think they have the same brain structure. Yep. Yeah. Uh, seems consistent sorry, I, speci- to me. I specifically don't trust the LLM because it's been selected to like, uh, basically imitate human behavior. Uh, across a bunch of like right, but um, that's what sl- humans were selected for to imitate human behavior right okay but in the limit like uh, th- I, maybe this is sort of a ridiculous example but like robin if you saw a video of a person having fun if you're watching the video are you inclined to be like that tv is having those fun. pixels yeah i mean i i believe it's Obviously a video not. of of the per- of the person taking the video <laughs> of it <laughs> relevant i don't know but maybe it okay. doesn't to you it does to me like it's a more extreme example of this seems like merely an imitation of a human is a video i mean sorry robin definitely doesn't think the pixels are having fun right, right? i want to check like, <laughs> i didn't think he would say that he thought the computers were conscious so i, I want to check when you imitate something uh, a surface imitation, uh, you can tell from a deep imitation because yes. the surface imitation will have a limited scope of, of of working. And then as you try to probe for a wider range of behavior, you'll see it fail, right? That's right. That would I be also the, think the it's difference. true that, yeah, I think that's right. I think that if um, an intelligent agent is trying to make a better and better surface imitation, it can become harder to tell, though it should still be possible to tell. But I think, in fact, typically the best way to make a better surface imitation across a wider scope is, in fact, to make a deeper imitation. Right. And yeah, and this is, I think, again, where I suspect that you guys disagree. But, But maybe not. I don't know. Yeah, it just seems to turn out to be false, right? Like, in in fact, the way that... uh, It makes sense. uh, It's maybe what I would have guessed, but it just seems to, like, in fact... So, for example, when we have actors who try to pretend to be other people, Mm -hmm. right, sometimes they can make a very surface imitation. They just hold their hand the same way or smoke the same way or something and have the accent the same way. And then they could fool someone on a surface evaluation. They wear a mustache and and a a wig or whatever. Mm Mm-hmm. But the wider a range of behavior you're trying to get, and the, the more ways you can probe that, the, the less, the more you'll discover that doesn't seem a persuasive imitation. So in order to be sure. a really persuasive imitation, the actor will have to more deeply internalize the structure of whatever character they're playing. Uh, sure. Actors will have to sort of find the core of the personality and sort of practice being that personality uh, in order to become the kind of person they're pretending to be. And in some sense, 
when people learn to become a certain kind of professional, they imitate the prototypical professional of that time until they internalize it so deeply that they do, in fact, become that professional. Sure. This is how um, humans, you know, imitate. And sure. Humans are our most successful imitators of any of sure. any sort of imitators, right? And sure. so the claim, yeah. this supporting the claim that in order to very successfully imitate across a wide scope, you basically have to be a deep imitator, and a deep enough imitator is the same thing. So uh, it just turns out. Wait, sorry, it just actually turns out this is false, right? Like we've tried to make machine learning models that were inspired by human brains, and they were really bad at acting like humans. And then we made machine learning models that are nothing like human brains. Uh, and they're really good at predicting humans. In fact, they're better at predicting humans than humans are. If you try to like play a game where you nothing try to predict... like is way too strong a claim. Surely you want to revise that to something else, right? Uh, nothing like no. Surely they are alike in many ways. So what is the way in which they are unlike? Well, they share mass. Here? They share. You know, they both have masses. They both have volumes. Um, other than that. Uh, yeah, I think like, so cognitively, they're very different. Like the actual architectures are very different. There are no matrices in your brain. Um, there are, well, there, there know, are in fact matrices in the brain, but how are there matrices in the brain? There are synapse weights. Okay, sure. So there, there are synaptic weights in the brain. Um, but I really don't expect that we're going to find something like uh, an intention matrix in the human brain. We're not going to find like a little square that shows you like how much each word that I had said before should relate to each other word. We're not going to find, uh, I, I don't think that the way that I learned to speak was like by minimizing the law, the log, prop, uh, you know, that predictive error uh, that of like the next word. Do you um, feel confident about that part? Uh, I feel pretty confident about it. Yeah. I, I don't think that's how mm -hmm. we learn to speak. Um, I mean, yeah, I, I to think... me it seems like perhaps pretty similar to how we learn to speak, though I don't really know. Yeah, I mean, I, I would just be surprised because it's just so, like one of many possible algorithms you could use. I mean, as you may know, all physical systems, all devices, all computer systems can be described at many different levels of abstraction and through many different framings. Sure. Like you're um, like things like Turing machines are equivalent to the Lisp. Right. Sure. Whatever, whatever. The Lambda calculus. Right. Like so, that. I mean, in some sense, two systems could be equivalent at some high level organizational sure. algorithm structure, but then be different in the details of their implementation. Sure. Could be. And then the question is, what are the details that matter here for you? That is, this is the key question, right? Sure. If you have yeah. something that's behaving much like humans, as we're both agreeing the AIs will do, they are selected exactly to behave much uh. like humans and to sit into the human slots, yet they will be implemented in some different way. Why? Also, what are the differences sorry. that matter? That's that's not actually a point of agreement, to be clear. Uh, like, I, I think that the AIs will have uh, some uh parts where they're acting like humans uh and then i will say something like please write a website for me and they will not behave like a human and will do like a much better job making a website for me than a human would um or whatever or like proving a theorem for me or something um and they will do a much better job and they'll you know they'll prove that theorem in a way that a human would never prove a theorem um and it will yeah. So, I mean, how about this? I, I would be happy if if we had if we had systems that have the same function from inputs to like motor controls to to muscles, uh, 
roughly the same ones that humans do, I, I, I would be like, okay, that seems good enough to me. Um, I don't think that the functions will be very similar. I think that they'll be very different, including things like, you know, I mean, I don't know. Like the main thing for me, Robin, is are we going to end up with a universe that's really, really boring and has none of the things I care about in it? So so let's walk through this slowly and carefully. We're imagining a world where there, say in the future, there are humans doing tasks and then Mm -hmm. AIs are built to do similar tasks. Mm -hmm. And we could imagine the AI being selected to doing the tasks exactly like the human in which case it would just have a cost advantage, but not a performance advantage. Mm -hmm. Or we might imagine selecting the AI to do, to act roughly like the human, but to perform as well as it can, given the task specific Mm -hmm. performance criteria. Mm -hmm. Or of course, we could also just imagine evolving the AI to just do the task as well as it can, ignoring being anything like a human. And that would just be as if it wasn't interacting with humans, basically, Mm because humans are going to want to select for AIs that act somewhat like humans when they interact with them, right? Mm -hmm. Um, apparently if we focus entirely on selecting them to act just like humans would in the same situation, and we do a good job of that across a wide range of tests and and monitoring, then you think that's okay. That's good enough. Yep. Yep. Uh, I mean, sorry. No. If it's actually true, then yes. Uh, I mean, I, I think that it would be easy to test for this and mess it up, uh, and get it wrong. Uh, but Suppose that somehow magically we know it is true, then sure. Yeah, I think so that would be good you, enough. Ronnie, are you up for restating in your words the thing that would be true? Yes, if it would be true that like the function from inputs, sensory inputs to motor controls is the same for some AI systems, um, then it seems so, fine to have these around. Let's talk about the difference between a human and a professional. Mm-hmm. Um. You create a professional by taking a human and training them to act like a certain kind of profession, right? And that takes many years for people to become Mm -hmm. a professional from a human. And then when people interact with a professional, they don't see that professional act in all human contexts. Sure. They see them only in that professional context. Yep. And this training process doesn't ensure that they do the professional thing the same way. That is, humans often invent a whole bunch of different ways to achieve the same professional functions. The professional context merely selects them for achieving roughly the same professional functions, even if they do it with different implementations, and it doesn't check on all their humanness across all the other tasks. Yep. So now, in a a world of AIs, I, I think it would be safe to claim, you tell me if you disagree, that most of the AIs and most of the selection pressure in AIs will be for relatively task-specific AIs who basically sit in something like a human professional role. And then the testing and monitoring only will be done will be as asking, are they acting like a human would in that professional role, but not so much if you made them in a very different human context, because that's not relevant to the task they're performing. Yep, that seems right. Okay, so now... If I assure you that with respect to the its, ta- its its profession that it's acting as, it's acting much like a human would in that one across a wide range of tasks, you're now less reassured. Yeah. Because what I'm we did reassured. is we, yeah. we substituted a professional, right. not a human. Right. Right. And you wanted us to test it across the wide range of human uh, roles. Yep. Yep. 
Um, Although, world, go ahead. Like, yeah, I mean, sm- uh, small caveat is that like I expect a lot of it, a lot of ML systems to be put in positions of like personal assistant or eventually things like CEO of a company, which right. are like very general tasks. More general roles. So yeah. the more general roles uh, are more risky with respect to things like FUM scenarios. Sure. Um, so if you're trying to prevent those scenarios, you you would rather have fewer AIs in those scenarios. But if they do well in those scenarios with respect to human evaluations, you'll more see those as qualifying as like human. Because uh, we're testing their behavior in a wider range of contexts. Sure. I mean, I, I just think it turns out to be a pretty difficult technical problem to do this. Um, like, Wait, to do what? To try to infer like facts about the input output function of a machine learning model turns out to be pretty hard um yeah i think this is a major crux i i can like i think my i i'm not trying to change the subject but for me the like is the thing in the sandbox having fun continues to seem really central to me in a way that seems related to what you just said hmm. uh yeah i mean certainly some professions involve sandboxes sure yeah. So okay. So in those professions, to... they will act like a human would in the sandbox. Okay. Roughly. Can I try sure. to articulate a, a crux that I think is here? I'm not sure I'm right. Sure. Okay, Robin. I think that you think something like, assuming somebody's trying to, you know, you like uh, achieve some goal, like the type of goal that a dead thing can't achieve, but only an alive thing can achieve. There's sort of a bunch of uh, people talk about convergent instrumental goal um no that's not what they say um anyway but people had their bunch of convergent instrumental goals right yes right and i think that insofar as you value some there's a thing that you want to sort of value and say like yes that's cooler than you know whatever black holes or something it's stuff that you expect that at the right level of abstraction the algorithm in these convergent instrumental goals would include things like fun and other stuff you care about or versions of them that, right. That is um, I mean, the things I understand an evolutionary argument for why they should, they should exist, mm-hmm. like fun and love and loyalty and right. uh, jealousy and, um, you know, yeah. anger. I mean, most you expect of these... anything alive basically to, to have them, especially the more capable it is. Well, I expect anything that functions in similar social social roles where those things are valuable that if they're going to be right, effective, you, they would they would have those things. Right. And I right? think you expect it might not be, you know, a very precise mapping, but that if there were some AI economy, even if it were building paper clips, it would involve things like social roles that would lead to, if not love, then probably some analog of at least fun and loyalty and maybe something like love. Well, I think, yeah, right? I think, right. I think those sorts of things would be robust, but Ronnie might yeah. think it's not good enough to just have those things. We need to have them in the particular way that humans do. Yeah, I, right. But I think Ronnie, you're like, you would even reject the characterization that these things had some form of them. Uh, Is that right? Maybe that's wrong. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I don't think. Yeah. It, it, it really depends on how things actually shake out. Um well, so, but there's a question of how robust it is. So if I, I think if it depends on how things shake out, then that means right. they're not so robust. I, I, I don't expect, yeah. So I don't think large language models, for instance, at least not right now, when they say something like, 
when they say something to you, I don't think that they are like using language the way that we're using it. I, I don't think that's happening. Um, I think their cognition, like the way that they learn to use language is very different from the way that humans learn to use language. Uh, and, but yeah, I mean, the things I'm really worried about are like the first things that are really, really, really smart compared to humans. And yeah, I basically expect those to like be competent in, you know, socializing with humans. Uh, but I don't expect them to actually have fun or actually get angry. Uh, what is the difference between fake fun and actual fun or yeah, fake I, anger I, I, and actual I want to upvote this question. Okay. Sometimes, well, sometimes I do fake fun, right? Sometimes I do fun uh, because I want to, I don't want to make someone feel bad. Maybe, maybe someone made a video game and they're showing me a video game and I, I like them and I don't want to make them feel bad. So I like tell, I tell them, yeah, I played it. Yeah, it was pretty fun or whatever. Or like I, or they're watching me play it. And so I like play it and I'm like pretending that I'm having fun, uh, but I'm not really. Uh, so that's, okay. that's an example of fake fun. Okay. One example so, uh, is basically if you're lying. Yeah, that's, that's an example. Is that the, is that the whole concept? So if it was only you wanted them to always be sincerely doing these things, is that good enough? Or are you worried that they would be faking their sincerity, that they wouldn't even understand that they are faking sincerity? That's not real sincerity. Oh, I, I mean, look, I think if I think eventually there will be minds that are smart enough to know that they are like doing some things to make humans feel comfortable uh, and to achieve some goals. Uh, and okay, but so, but the issue here was if we think something like anger and love and loyalty and fun mm -hmm. are all just functional for social creatures and therefore mm -hmm. they would have a version of them because of their functionality not because they're like humans but because these are just useful yep and are those versions of these useful things good enough to count or do you really say no i need the human version of fun functional fun isn't good so, enough the human version of anger not this just the functional version of anger uh so I don't need it to be the human version per se, but I need it to be some, like at some level of abstraction, I don't know what level of, of, of abstraction, right. I do need it to be uh, the same as humans. I doubt that it's all the way down to like neuron by neuron implementation. Um, so, and you fear that an AI that learns to be angry because that's effective at say it's intimidating subordinates, that wouldn't be real anger or wouldn't be human anger? Uh, wouldn't be real anger. Uh, I fear both. Both could, I mean, sorry. So in the case of love, I'm like, yep, seems seems both possible that it wouldn't be like real love and possible that it wouldn't be like the kind of love that I care about. Like it might behaviorally trick me into thinking, yep, that's the kind of love that I care about. Seems good. Uh, but when I learn more about the cognition, I find out, oh, actually, it's definitely not. Um, so then you you're, you think that Fun love is functional, anger is functional, fun is functional, yes. but the particular human version is a very unlikely thing to come across if you're just being functional about these things and you fear that the AI will just have functional anger, but it won't have the human anger that you want. Yeah, or like, I don't know. Uh, also, sometimes I get angry and there's no one around. It's not It's it's not useful. Um, mm. Anyway, sorry. But that, that's, that can still be functional. Disagreement, uh, but... Or, or okay, sorry. I, I get angry at my computer, and I'm like, 
you know, sure. Uh, and, but, you know. But AI's behaviors will also often be mistargeted for their environment. We, we just, just should assume that. Uh, sure. Uh, we can't well, assume yeah. they're always getting it right. Their AI will also often be angry in the wrong situations in the wrong way. The question Here is, is it, does sign. it count as anger? Here would be a good sign. Uh, suppose we have two AIs and they're talking to each other in a, they're, they're sending communication back and forth in a channel that uh, we somehow know that they believe to not be, that they're not being watched by humans. Right. Uh, and they still do, they do it in a pretty human way. Like, I don't know, they like send, I don't know, uh, they like are polite to each other, for instance, or uh, all sorts yeah. of things. Like, I think this would be a pretty good sign. I, I would be like, ah, okay, this seems like a good sign that like they're, Cognition is pretty similar to mine or something. And the, here's the key point. You expect that's unlikely to happen. Uh, yes, I think sufficiently intelligent systems are not polite really... by nature. Politeness is not a useful thing for intelligent systems. Politeness is an accidental thing humans have. It would not make sense to be polite in general. Uh, something like that. Yeah, I think they'll have very different protocols. I, like, yeah, I, I think... Even yeah. if they were evolved to be working well with humans, they would still just have very different protocols. Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah. I mean, you could imagine that if they just evolved in an alien world among themselves, they would have their own human protocols. But why sure. wouldn't you think that if they evolve with us, that they would rather pick protocols that fit better with us than random protocols in the space of all protocols? Uh, well, because I expect... So, I mean, imagine that the mind's working like this. It's like, I'm working with this human, and I have some goals for what happens, uh, and I know that when I talk to a human, uh, it helps if I say please and thank you and things like this. Um, I also know that, like, there's this other mind. It it knows the same thing about humans, but it also knows that, like, you know, me and this mind, we're, we're very similar. So we can, uh, you know... I, there might be some other thing that you say say to them, uh, but yeah. It, so if, remember like, that all these things are actually culturally variable, and that many different human cultures are possible, including sure, on regarding sure. attitudes to anger and politeness and things like that. Sure, I mean that's that's actually a great example. If I were amongst, if I were a different in a different culture, uh, and it turns out that around there it's polite to keep your hand up when you talk. Uh, then I would keep my hand up when I talk around them. Uh, but I right. so now here's the key point: the way we make humans really have our culture's values is by putting them in a situation where they face social pressure to act as if they have them. And the end result of that sure. process is usually that they really have them as much as anybody ever really has anything. Sure. So you must think that's an unusual special feature of humans that doesn't apply more generally. Uh, I think it's an unusual special feature of, yeah, so I think that this is what would happen if, like, you really did feel socially pressured. I mean, if we really could socially pressure an AI, I think we're okay, you know? Well, the, but I, I mean, I, I, initially, okay, certainly can I, try to summarize, can I try to articulate what I think your position is here? I'm not, sure. I, okay, sure. I, I may well get it wrong. I think what you're imagining is something like that they're, not what you said that there are relatively um, powerful, efficient, like cognitively capable algorithms for like general thinking that yep. will be fairly easily findable through gradient descent, but that evolution has not found for humans. 
And so that at a certain point, when you're imagining these AIs having professions, you imagine there being some sort of core of the AI mind that is meaningfully outpaced humans quite a bit to the point where anything it's doing to appease the humans is not going to affect its core very much because its core is sort of so efficient and powerful already. The same way that, I don't know, if I kind of learn some way of communicating with my cat and every, everybody has cats, everybody learns some ways for communicating with their cats. But when humans are talking among humans, they don't really do that cat stuff very much. And there's some sense in which it's always maintained as a protocol for the cat because the human capability is so much more and so more, more general that you think it might be kind of like that. Is that yep, sort of what exactly you mean? Right. Yep, that's okay. exactly the sort of thing I mean. So let me suggest an analogy that's closer. Imagine we take a child mm-hmm. and then we we teach them a culture and they grow up assimilating values in child. And now let's imagine we take a 60-year-old from another mm-hmm. culture and we put them in a, in a new culture and we try to pressure them to act like the new culture you might then claim that the 60-year-old would only learn to pretend like they're supposed to behave in this mm-hmm. new culture, but they wouldn't really do it because they would be primarily pretending. Something like that, yeah. And that's right. sort of the difference between a five-year-old starting in a new culture and a 60-year-old is the difference you're worried about with AI. You think AI would learn to behave, act like humans in the way a 60-year-old would learn a new culture, not in the way a five-year-old would. Wait, I yeah. think... There's something that I think is, it was there in my human cat analogy that I think is meaningfully missing in this one, which is that the human is much smarter than the cat. Well, the six-year-old is much smarter than the five-year-old. Well, than the five-year-old, but I, I thought the six-year-old in the new, but it's not much smarter than everyone in the new culture it's put in. No, but the, yeah, that's, the, that's another relevant thing. But I, but I mean, yeah, I think I'm, yeah. So I do think it's relevant, Divya, that like, I'm imagining that this thing will be much, much smarter than the rest of us. Um but I'm like happy to say, yes, the five-year-old actually okay. learns it and the 60-year-old doesn't actually. In the way that you care about where it's a pretty good analogy. Some, right. Okay. Right. right. I so so yeah. I would frame it as, you know, the five-year-old doesn't really understand the process of acculturation. They are not analyzing the things are so heard skeptically. They're in a mode where they are relatively impressionable and relatively accepting of the things they're told and the practices they're emulating. The 60-year-old is very conscious of cultures being a thing that push people on things on people. When they're pushed to do any one thing in their mind, they will think, why should anybody do this? Uh, I I did it for this other reason. They're just pushing me to do it. And the 60-year-old will be just less likely to intuitively accept that this is the better thing to do. Yep. And that seems analogous to your AI scenarios that you're imagining the AI consciously going, yeah, they're pushing me to do this, but why, why should I do this? I guess I should just pretend, but I don't really want to believe this. Yeah, That's or what you're some... imagining for the AI. Sure. Or could be that it gets enculturated and sure, it like kind of really makes up part of its values uh, and then it gets smarter and it's like, oh, never mind. I don't well, so actually care about this. These are two very different processes. They're two, very different, two very different processes processes so, but they both seem so, possible but, but let me, let's address the first one and then move to the second one because i think okay. second one is more your key um cool. the first one would be to say look ai is going to start to be a part of the economy well before they're that smart that is we will have a yep. lot of barely yep. functional ais yep. who are just barely able to accomplish their task barely able to understand the social context they're in and much more like a five-year-old, roughly doing the best they can to fit in, not really understanding why, but just honestly trying to be like everybody else and trying to fit in. 
Ah, uh, yeah, sort of. I just, I, I still want to in the say same that, way like, that human children are just yeah. naively trying to accept things and get along. Like, yeah, that would be the more plausible for the less smart initial AIs who sort don't of. know understand things. Yeah, except for Ronnie, it's super important that the algorithm is different here. Yeah, and, and it's not just a bit different. I mean, like, man, these things are really different. Like, the things they can do are really different from the things a five-year-old can do. They're not learning to, like, uh, but, oh, but okay, sure. Let, let's move on but, to the next one. Okay, I mean, but the key point is you can certainly, I mean, AI developers will certainly be trying to make AIs in the mode where they are honestly and actually assimilating yep. the values. They're not going to yep. want to initially yep. create AIs who are deceptively doing it, right? Yep, that's that's right. That's right. So, and that, they will be better try. able to do it when the AIs are not very capable. Like the more capable the AIs are, the the easier it will be for the AIs to deceive the humans, and the harder yep. it will be for the AI companies to make an AI that actually assimilated the values rather than pretended to. Yep. Right. Yep. Yep. So, Agreed. but the, so now, like, but now the question is, how long of a period do we expect of AI companies making AIs? who are not success smart enough to fool them about this and so actually successfully assimilate. Yep. And then once we have a bunch of AIs that have so successfully assimilated, slowly getting smarter, now we have to ask about how we think things change them because I think that's more the key. You might make more acceptable in this early stage I'm describing, the AIs are roughly, they're trying to act like a lawyer, trying to act like a doc- doctor, whatever it is, or a mm-hmm. financial advisor, whatever it is you want them to do. They're trying to act like that. And like a five-year-old, they're just mostly sincerely doing that. Yep. And then later on, there's these super intelligences or smarter intelligences who more can question their instructions and incentives and more resist them in terms of having some internal model of what they really want in comparison with what these outside pressures are pushing them to do. Now, the difference between the two systems, the second systems aren't just smarter. They are agents in an important yes. way. Yes. And yes. they have a broad scope of agenthood. They aren't just very narrow agents, right? If yep. if the AI only had a preference for route planning to the airport, yep. its ability to reflect on whether it questioned those values wouldn't change it much because it isn't very broad. It would be a broad valued agent who would have this problem you're describing. Yep, that's right. So now your concern is focused on the period after the initial AIs are integrated into the economy and very valuable, and at a later point where very broad-valued agents are constructed who are very smart. Yes. That's what you're worried about. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, okay. Yeah, I'm, yeah. We're making I'm progress not worried here. about it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. So now the companies making these AIs, can we presume they are well aware of this issue? Um. That you have warned them, others have warned them that they that everybody's going to be much more worried about a smarter AI who has a broad who sees itself as an agent with a broad set of values and scope than they would be about the the stupider narrow agent, non-agent AI, the tool AI. Yes. Okay. Uh, I hmm. I'm more optimistic recently that they'll be worried about it. Let's say most will be worried. Maybe some won't. So let's postulate. They'll have some amount of worry. I'll I'll give you that. Okay. Yeah. So now, now we have a world by assumption full of AIs, millions of AIs, all doing many different things, maybe even doing most things. Maybe humans only do 20% of value and AI gets 80% of income. Maybe. 
And yeah. then there's the option of, for some companies to create these agents, which are even smarter, who have, who are agentic and have a broad scope. And they mm -hmm. are wary of this, exactly the thing that you are worried about, that these AIs would deceive them and mm -hmm. rebel against them. Mm -hmm. And nevertheless, they're tempted to make them anyway, because, hey, they could be more profitable. Yep. And so they cautiously move in that direction. Mm -hmm. And now, once in a while, some of these agents do, in fact, manage to deceive their owner and have their own agenda. Now what? What are we worried about next? Cool. So I start to get worried about things like, uh, well, basically, uh, something like starting to form a coalition. Maybe there's some humans in the coalition. Maybe there's some other machine learning models in the coalition. You're, uh, imagine they have a civil war, right? Yeah. But yeah. remember, these, th these things start with having values much like ours. The main difference in this scenario is that they become more intelligent and reflective and maybe sure. even more deceptive, but they would be deceptive and selfish with respect to the values they had had before. Or the question mm -hmm. is, why would the values enormously change in this in this scenario, right? So yeah. because the firms are watching for the value change, I expect, right? As right. they cautiously make these agents more powerful and more agentic and broader scope, if they're warned about the possibility of value change, they will be watching for these things changing values in that trajectory. So yep. you're worried about yeah. So the, the value change scenario. beyond what they expect or could observe. Right. Uh, beyond what they expect or could observe is about right. Um, so I'm worried about something like you train them in uh, you train them in a wide variety of situations. Uh, you have them. You you know you always observe. That you test them on a wide range of situations. Yeah, yeah, too. you test them too. Yeah, sure. and you don't even let them know whether they're being tested. That is, you could test them. Sure, totally. In hidden ways. Sure, totally. Um, although I expect smart enough intelligences to suspect that they might be being tested. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the basic thing I'm worried about is that we find that there's two versions of this. One version is we find a value function. Uh, we find some sort of loss function that we're training it on. It does real well well on all the scenarios that we train it on. Uh, and then we uh, we deploy it, and there's some shifts in the distribution. And it turns out that the values it actually has are uh, ones that perform very well in all the cases that we tested by our standards. Um, but what the value it actually had internalized was something different. Um, which worked well in all of the situations we tested it. Uh, but when you deploy it, you realize, ah, that's not actually the kind of thing that I meant. Um, and a related but different scenario is uh, it realizes it's being tested uh, and acts in the way that we would like it to uh, in the tests. Uh, and then we deploy it, and it still acts the way we, we would like it to in the tests. Uh, or sorry, while deployed. Uh, until it feels like it has enough of an advantage over the world to start openly uh, going for a civil war. Um, so these are two different scenarios, but they're but, kind of related. So at this point, I think we should go back to Divya's continuity issue. Okay. Um, that is, if we have a system that's in use daily, hourly, and we only ever make small modifications to it, and we watch how its behavior changes with small modifications. Mm -hmm. 
wouldn't we see incremental versions of the larger problems first? You're postulating some sort of a sudden, unexpected transition, a discontinuous transition. Kids sometimes do this, though. I feel like, I don't know, Robin, you have various um, analogies using kids. I don't think it's the typical scenario necessarily, but I feel like this is a thing that happens where parents are like, I have some rule or whatever. And then the kid's like, yeah, I'm going to be able to follow that rule, whatever it is, and really think about it. And then they get older and one day they're sort of like, hmm. And sometimes their sort of idea of whether they really want to do that starts to crystallize in their mind, but they keep doing it because they don't want to upset the parents. And then one day they're like, all right, now I know how to fool the parents and really do what I want. And they've successfully tricked their parents. I, I don't know. I don't know how likely this is, but I guess it seems notable to me that it does sometimes happen with humans. I did some polls on this recently, uh, wherein I asked, you know, mm. as I a child, <laughs> as yeah. a child, how often do you think you fooled your parents? And as yeah. a parent, how, how often, often do you think, think your kids are fooling you when they think they're fooling you? Right. And parents tend to think that they are but not the fooled. Really, yeah, it's true. There is a often, thing about that. Right. So then, like, if the worry is the kid will suddenly run away from home and never see you again, that's the sort of thing you can't come back from. If the kid, as they start to act out, will throw things and maybe not do their homework or not come home at midnight when you ask them to. Those are still relatively incremental things that yeah, you no, can no. track I th- I and come back from. So a different friend, I was talking to a friend of mine about this recently, and he was like, no, no, I always like came home when I said I was, and I told my parents that I was doing one thing, but I was doing a different thing, and they never figured it out. Oh, uh, sure. Anyway, okay. I, sorry, I think I won't so, dwell on so, this. So let's imagine that an AI, a company is making many AIs and then an AI like has been, you know, hiding its differing yeah. preferences for a while. And now it decides to rebel. Yeah. One AI rebels. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a taxi well, AI. Instead of picking up somebody from the airport, it decides to go to a park and stare at the sun or something, whatever. Right. Now, this okay. isn't the end of the world. One AI rebelling. Uh, so, sure. Though that, that seems different from rebellion seems different from the scenario I described, but. Okay, but the, the key point is when when your children mm-hmm. have an inclination to disobey you and go against your values, that is, you, you start to see that in small acts before you get to really big ones. I'm claiming yep. that sometimes, it, and I, this isn't really a crux of mine for anything, so I don't know that I want to spend that much time on it, but I, I, I claim that in the example my friend gave, that was not true. His parents did not see it in small acts first. In fact, he spent a bunch of his childhood tricking them and then he eventually moved out and then he wasn't tricking them anymore. Okay, but like there wasn't a sudden action that they that the child took that was a huge problem for the parents. So that's oh, they, they would have been if they'd known by their values. Okay. Uh, but then we're, if we're imagining a company where, you know, the taxi drivers sometimes do things the company doesn't like, but they never see, then in some sense... Right. It's, I agree that that makes it pretty bounded if it's the sort of right. thing that somebody doesn't like. But they don't but see. They, yeah, that they don't see. Right. So that's we're true. imagining that's AIs are sometimes bound. like no. doing math when they're not supposed to or something. Sure. <laughs> right. Okay. So in this case, I not, think in fact, not a big the deal. person as an adult, the parents could see. It was just too late at that point. Right. So, <laughs> so if you imagine rebellious AIs, the question is, would they all act really nice to everybody and, and then only secretly coordinate with AIs until they got the whole revolution going when suddenly the entire society was taken over by the AIs? That's that's a pretty dramatic revolution scenario where there's no hint of it ever up until yes, the yeah. sudden breakpoint. You're imagining you know, a particular revolution scenario that's not the usual one when children slowly you know, 
okay. have their values different, right? So thing one, an AI. One AI, I, which I guess by which we mean it's like one model or something. I mean, it can be copied many times, right? right. It's like one of the cool things about it. Um, and that's where it can be monitored much more carefully and tested much more because of so many copies. Sure, sure. Um, so another point is that like, I assume, although you would know more about this than I do, that coordination is like easier between copies uh, than like different than non-copies. Um, so, I, I mean, the kind of thing I'm imagining isn't like, you know, a taxi cab AI uh, decides to do some recreational math on the side. Um, the kind of thing I'm imagining is there's a AI that is CEO of a company or is, uh, you know, running our military or something like this. Um, and it, you know, bides its time, does its job well, uh, until it can take control of our civilization. Um, wait, wait, the like last maybe... step is the key, this whole civilization. So most of yeah. the time you can have a general manage a coup of a military, but that doesn't take civilization. That takes one military. You have CEOs who might mm -hmm. tunnel assets of a, of a firm stealing from the investors, but that doesn't threaten civilization. So mm -hmm. how did we get from one AI in an unusually position of power to ending civilization? Uh, well, I mean, I don't know. Like, I just think this is the kind of thing I could do if I were much smarter than a civilization and I were just one person, right? No, no but like, you're very smart, but there's millions I'm of not, others. I'm not that smart. That, no, but I mean, no, we're no. postulating an AI who's very smart, but it's in a world of millions of other AIs who are similarly smart. We're not postulating one AI vastly well, smarter than the rest of no, the civilization, I mean, right? No, I, I think there's going to be a point at which we have one machine learning model that's like the smartest one that we have. And all of the... Uh, all of the all of the models that will be the smartest one that we have will be essentially copies of the smartest one that we have, and the second smartest will be much less smart. Yes. So, in some sense, this is the foom scenario. Then you are worried about foom a bit, not 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 too much foom, but yeah, a bit of foom. Yes. Well, you need a lot of foom yeah. to produce the scenario, as far as I can see. I don't think that's obvious. Um, I think, like. So first of all, let's imagine most AIs yeah. are specialist AIs doing also, specialist things, right? One little brief point. We have 20 minutes left. Sure. And so I think it's good to keep that in mind with pacing. I think it'll leave at least like five minutes or so we're for some sort up, of like right? trying to wrap up at the end. But, so. but I think we sure. are on to a, yeah. a central point No, I think, I think we're doing well, just in case people aren't looking cool. at the time. Yeah. So yep. again, we're imagine. So let's imagine the world has many industries, many firms making AIs for many different mm -hmm. purposes. Mm -hmm. Some of the firms, a small fraction of the AI firms, make relatively general AIs. Most of the AIs aren't very general. Now we imagine this, you know, but in this industry of making relatively general AIs, one of them is the best. Mm -hmm. But now when it wants to take over all the world, it doesn't just compete with the other general AIs. It competes with the entire rest of the world and all their specialist AIs. Mm -hmm. So it's much less clear to me that a, sim a, a good general AI even if it's the best, even if it's twice as good as the second best, mm -hmm. can merely by the fact that it's a good general AI com effectively compete against the entire rest of the world, most of which is many specialist AIs. Yeah, I, I, so I don't find it that implausible. Uh, I, I, yeah. So let's see. Well, okay. And of course, hate... why would it be twice as good? I mean, 
like in most industries, the best product isn't that much better than the second best product. Okay. Let me uh, give a historical example that people hate when I bring it up. Uh, but like, ah, oh man, I, I wish I had all the names pulled up. But um, the example of conquistadors uh, going to like mine civilization and some other civilizations. But I don't know. There were these crews of like 200 or 500 people. Uh, that wiped out civilizations of millions. And the advantages that they had were, like, relatively minor. You know, they didn't have, like, really fancy guns. They had, like, basically hand cannons. Their armor wasn't that much better. Uh, And most of it wasn't done through fighting. It was done through, like, coalition building and also disease. Um, And I don't know. I just, like, there are, in fact, stories, like, historical, this has happened, where 200 people who just had, like, a fair bit more technological advance, but not that much more than a civilization came in and with like oh, some disease. Okay, but and, the like, Aztec versus conquistador difference in ability, you're saying that would be the typical difference in ability between the best general AI and the second best? That uh, needs an argument, right? This We're talking about two whole separate sure. civilizations coming into look, contact I mean, that have look, separately evolved for thousands of years. That sure. can accumulate a lot bigger difference than... In a competitive industry, the best firm over the second best firm. Why uh, would that part, part of the so point I want to make clear is that they were not that much more technologically advanced, right? Like, uh, it, it was a pretty small techno, like pretty small uh, advantage, um, and the advantage was enough to be like two hundred people versus a civilization of a million. Um, so, on, on an individual basis, is certainly more than a factor of two advantage. Sure. Sure. Like, it could have been well, but, more than 400 of the others. It was 200. I think when you side. say Come a on. factor of two, you imagine something like that's really crazy. But I'm saying like, yeah, it, it turns out that it was much more than a factor of two. It was a factor of, you know, whatever a million to 200 is. It, it was quite a lot. And uh, tell but, me why we should really expect small. that for the best AI firm over the second best firm in the specialized industry of general AI, which is going to be a small fraction of the whole economy. Why would that be the typical scenario? I also don't think it's going to be a small fraction, which is actually better for your point, right? Like if if more of the AIs are general, then like they're all competing against each other. And this is like kind of worse for what I'm trying to say, right? Um, So so I actually think, uh, yeah. But anyway, um, like, so why do I expect it? Uh, Well, I think that we're going to end up in a scenario where there are a bunch of intelligences that are much more intelligent than humanity and are better at coordinating with each other and are better at building coalitions and holding things together. Uh, This is a different argument. The coordination thing is a separate argument from how much better the first is from the second best. It's a whole separate argument. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, sure. Which one do you want to go with? Uh, Let's go with the coordination one. Um, okay, so I've heard many yeah. people make this claim that AI would just coordinate much better, and that's why AI would have a civil war and kill off all the humans because they would coordinate better. So, well, wait, sorry, is the claim all of the AIs are coordinating with each other? Uh, or, or like large the first, the first and the or second, like a bunch of them, you know? Yeah, okay. the, like I don't know the Got top it. three best or yeah, whatever, yeah, yeah. you know, and a large enough coalition such that their mm-hmm. civil war is effective, right? Sure. I mean, and it, like, I'm sorry. Also, even if it turns out there's a civil war between, you know, these four AIs and these four AIs, uh, I'm like, it still doesn't look great for humanity. Um, seems like a pretty bad scenario. Right, but you wouldn't start the civil war unless you thought you had a decent chance of winning it. So we have to ask, sure. why would they think they had such a chance? 
Sure. And now you're postulating a much better coordination ability by the AIs. AIs can yes. coordinate. And it's not just coordinating among copies. It's coordinating sure. among AIs with different lineages, right? Different styles sure. of thinking, different sources. Sure. And sure. each, so one standard argument. So the question is, what's the argument? So we, we understand a lot about the difficulties of coordination. We have a large literature on this. And it seems like to be a robust thing, not particularly that doesn't go away just because you're smart. Coordination sure. is hard, even if you're smart. Sure. That's people right. are more inclined to coordinate in some peaceful ways, but um, actually perhaps less so in this way we're talking about. It's having a civil war. Um, but one standard story I've heard about why AIs would coordinate better is they could prove things about their code to each other. Sure. Uh, that seems kind of unlikely to me. It seems hard to prove things about. about okay. So yeah. then what is your argument for why AIs would coordinate so much better? Yeah. So one part of it is just like the copies part, but I, you know, I, for this, we need uh, between like different lineages. Um, one part of it is, well, they can like basically. I mean, one advantage that we have, which is really nice, is that we can like kind of read their actual. We can't read their minds, but we can at least read like their neurons, um, which is that yeah. that is at least an advantage. Um, uh, and you know, their minds are just kind of more amenable to mathematics or something like that. Like uh, you. Like, mathematics is how they coordinate yeah so sorry there's like you can give arguments about what they're going to do better than you can give arguments about what my brain is going to do it's very hard to give a mechanistic argument for, about my brain uh because we don't understand it very well uh but like that's yeah, about uh, opacity that is how well you can predict what ais do it yes. seems like no, i think i think you're getting at something different because again i i can even think there's some sort of crux in the area of Ronnie, you think that there's this sort of more general, more cognitively powerful algorithm that humans don't have that the AIs will have. Well, I think right? humans have it a bit, but yeah, sure. They have a bit, sure. Yep. You expect the AIs yep. to have it more. Yep. Because uh, you think that absent evolutionary constraints, it's like a strong attractor in mind space or something? Yep. Well, I mean, I'm just like, yeah. But, uh, but our, we have two separate but, issues rising yep. to this. One is... If they have this other algorithm, does that mean they don't have the things we value, like fun and anger and love? I don't see why, because doesn't they have some other fundamentally algorithm that they that sure. those things no. are lost. But yeah, but now we're talking about coordination. And then the question is, why would we expect them to coordinate more as a result of that, even so? Yeah. But uh, I think the more fundamental question is, why do you care? Like, look, eventually there's going to be a civil war of some sort. And eventually somebody's going to win that. And eventually, yep. the AIs will dominate the comedy. So obviously, eventually, AIs uh, will be you. part of the winning coalition in the Civil War, right? Isn't that yeah, just... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, mean, uh, I, I don't I'm need these you. other arguments, right? Why isn't sounds that good, good enough? Yeah, yeah that's, 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 that's good enough. I, I'm with you. Sounds, sounds right. Uh, but yeah. that's just fundamentally, you don't want them taking over and displacing us. And so fundamentally, it's because uh, you think they are bad in some way that they are the wrong sort of minds compared sorry. to us. That's the key thing. I would love for AIs to take over the world if they had the values that I care about. If they have uh, all the 300 things I care about or they care about them in the right way, sounds great. Uh, probably, maybe. And your but, reason for thinking they don't is merely... So we have this generic reason that change will probably take them away. Sure. So that eventually they would go away. And that would just be a generic reason to think they wouldn't have them. 
But you sure. have an additional reason, which is you think we have some special structure and these things you value are tied up with that structure. So that if, if like they have fun and they have love, it's the wrong sort of fun and the wrong sort of love. Because I mean, you want it sorry. the human sort. No. <laughs> I mean, if if they have fun because we specifically trained them, if they have fun because we specifically trained them to behave as if they have fun, then yes, I'm doubtful. They're two separate like, things. There's the like, is it acting? Is it pretending? Is it lying? And then there's the... Okay, but is is their functional version of it? Right. Where, yes, they have a sandbox. I feel like these no. are these are separate, right? Yeah. So I think this is the key question to get back to. So I think we get a bit distracted by the Civil War and even a bit distracted by uh, coordination. Uh, sure. The, the key yeah. question here is like, at some point they get smart enough and then they have a Civil War. But why at this point would their values change to no longer be the real things that you wanted? Why would they be fake things? or not be them at all. So this is the key question. Like you started out, they have real fun. They have real love. They have real anger because they're trying to act like us. Wait, then wait, wait. they I evolve think, no, no, wait. over that time. That wasn't what Roddy ever said, right? <laughs> well, yeah, he said uh, they would be integrated with us and acting much like us and be sincerely being the way we were trying to make them act. And yes, then they and would get I don't get know smarter. if that ever counted for Ronnie's purposes. Did like this, th- these young, not so capable AIs, did they have the sort of fun that you would count? No, no. Yeah, if, the, if, yeah, if we all died and it was just them forever, I would like guess that this would be terrible. Is that uh, because they're just bad at fun and, and, and you're better at fun when you're smarter or somehow their fun doesn't count as real fun? Uh, I mean, I assume that their fun doesn't count as real fun. Because? Uh, because it's, uh, well, I, I don't know exactly how to tell you. Uh, I don't know exactly how to check. Uh, but, I mean, I you know, I could I could be wrong. It could turn out that they're having real fun, but, like, that's not what I expect stochastic gradient descent to find. Uh, it just seems like Why a not? very particular... Because it just <laughs> seems like a very particular algorithm. It just seems like a very particular thing going on. But fun is a general thing. Anger is a general thing. Love is a general thing. These are general things you're finding. Why wouldn't a particular algorithm find the general things? Uh, well, okay, wait a minute. Sorry. So I feel like I, <laughs> there's something. I, why wouldn't the algorithm find the general things? I, I feel like the right question is more like, why do you think they're particular and why do you think they're general? Hmm. I like that. Yeah. So for all of these things you would mention, we have stories about why they exist. Like people study these things. Right. They they have theories about the origins of them. Yep. And they tend to be general theories about general origins. That is, they are things that are functional, yep. wide range of context. And therefore, there is general pressures for them to arise. Yeah. Uh, cool. And you don't buy those theories? Um, no, I uh, I think I, I mean, I, I buy the theories, but I'm like, I don't know. I think most of what I care about in love is probably the spandrels part, not the functional part, uh, is my guess. Um, and, hmm. and same for fun and anger and all the rest of that. Yeah. And yes. Yeah. Seems right. Um, Can you say where the intuition is coming from? Yeah. I mean, I I don't know. I just, like, I'm imagining a bunch of different cases. You know, I'm imagining a bunch of different systems that are using sandboxes. And I'm like, well, which ones do I believe are actually having the fun? Uh, And the ones that I believe are actually having fun... uh, Okay, but... Have a bunch of very particular stuff going on. But but I think... we could just take just this using a sandbox. This right? claim is is sufficient for most of the things we've been talking about. If you just say yeah, so. the, the things that are valuable about humans are spandrels, they are yeah. accidental features of some robust process, and you cared about mm-hmm. the accidental features, not the robust process, and therefore future evolution will plausibly take away random spandrels. Mm-hmm. That's why you don't want future evolution. 
then this hasn't much to do with AI. It has to do with just allowing change and evolution. That's going to happen anyway. You, you sure. can't expect spandrels to stay for billions of years. You've got to expect those to go away, Wait, okay. right? Mm, Wait. I think you maybe could, but... Yeah, why would spandrels but, last for billions of years? Look, I, think, I think so. Okay, my, my argument for why they might, um, I don't know that they would, is basically if, <laughs> so let's say we have a more continuous process. Let's say we get sort of get uploads and that's sort of like where we go from here, not some sort of, I don't know, stochastic gradient set AI. If it turns out to be a very common feature that humans are like, oh yes, we all want to, ref like we've reflected on these spandrels and we all want to preserve them, which that seems super likely because Robin, you're like, I don't. And Ronnie, you're like, I do. So, but if a bunch of humans wanted to, you, but though that, that's it, you would be open to making a deal, I'm sure. Anyway, Ronnie, maybe you think this is dumb. I think if humans uh, I, care I, I, about I them on reflection, they'd try to preserve them, basically. I for think a while. Robin cares but about But you need them. coordination to preserve things against competition and evolution. That that would be the yeah, key. Yeah, I point. also don't claim that they would last forever. But again, um, insofar as what something cares about is like how much of it total there is, where you sort of multiply how much of it is across space and how much of it is across time, it's still not clear to me that that adds up to an anti change position. Like maybe our value, like, like anyway. if there's a network effect whereby like our love doesn't work together unless it's the same sort of spandrel love, then a network effect would preserve it because an individual deviance would suffer, right? But if mm -hmm. it's not a network effect that preserve it, that is two people who choose the other non-spandrel love actually are more effective, then you need some global coordination to prevent the evolution of the and the supplant, you know, the new kind of flub supplanting the old, which dropped the spandrel and was therefore more effective. Yeah. So that that the story would just be sure. If you if what you love are spandrels, then you just can't allow much evolution and competition because it'll take them away. And uh, I'm not sure. This about isn't about AI. It's about allowing change. Look, wait, Robert, can you, you could. I think we feel strongly about this point. Can you do you agree or disagree with sometimes? Let's say, and I don't even I don't particularly think love is a spandrel, but let's say it is. That sometimes the best way to get the most of a span, like let's say they sort of overdetermine, there's no way to get the spandrel forever. The best way to get the most total of the spandrel involves being pro change anyway, because did, like is that not a coherent position? You could think it'll last for a limited time, and that's okay, yeah. and I'm okay with it going away. And that there was never any alternative where it lasted forever anyway. Right. But a similar argument about AI it. is to say you were never going to prevent AI anyway. It was always going to come. Sure. Though, if what someone cared about was having the most total in the universe spandrel across time, you know, multiplied by space, they could be like, but I'm going to try to hold it off. And Right. But but that's for sort of preventing a particular competitor. Right. So, yeah, for example, if we liked burgers the way the U.S. does burgers today and somebody introduces fried chicken and we think fried chicken is going to win over burgers. Uh, but, you know, we, one position is, well, let's just enjoy burgers while they last and eventually everybody will eat fried chicken. Or another thing is, let's ban the fried chicken so that we can keep burgers lasting longer. Like, those are a different position, right? So you have to decide which of those positions you're taking about love spandrels or whatever. You're going to just accept Yeah, I think for me, for me, what I'm saying, though, is I think with the... the point of disanalogy between these is that the fried chickens allowing the import of fried chickens is not going to grow the economy to the point where there might be way more total burgers but just in general allowing competition does like each one is a small effect but overall the net effect of allowing competition of all sorts of foods and everything is how we grow sure i think people can also evaluate individual ones anyway this isn't even really my argument so i think i'm going to bow out of this but <laughs> well we're running I, out of time i claim here. there's something important here that is right. i have not yet expressed but I think I failed to say the entire time that I do think it would be good 
if we made aligned superintelligences. So sorry if I didn't say that the entire time, but I do think that would be good. I, I would like that world, I, I predict. Right. But the key question is, to what extent should we hold back or prevent right. the ones that you don't that aren't proven to you to be aligned in right. waiting for this development of somebody finding a way to belong? Because I'm skeptical you're ever going to find it. Sure. And I'm not really that thrilled with creating a whole race of totally enslaved creatures who, who are supposed to be enslaved so thoroughly they never want to deviate from their enslavement. Um that that, sure. could end, that could end badly. Um, right. Well, also at this point, Robin, I do understand. You said you wanted to go in right, what is now, two minutes, yeah, and I've cool. been saying more things at the end that I intended to. I was still like some no, no. wrapping yeah. up. Can we go a little longer than? So so let's. I guess so. Divya, what would you like us to say in our wrap yeah. up? What what would be the I key thing you want to hear? The, I think at the very least, each of you should give a sort of closing statement for a few minutes each. Okay, like three minutes or something, if you want it. That's okay. my proposal. W- would you like to go first or second, Ronnie? Uh, I would like to go second. Okay. Um, my stance would be um, people actually, if they thought about it, are scared of the future. They're scared of change. Um, mostly they, they get pretty attached to the way the world is. And the more you show how the world eventually will become different, the more averse they are to allowing the world become different. And by default, allowing the usual sort of process that have happened before, including competition and evolution, will make the world very different, including descendants who have quite different values. I'm okay with letting that happen and accepting the same you know, future that our ancestors did, which is they can't control it. Um, I get that you might disagree with that and want to control the future and prevent the sorts of changes you don't like from happening. One scenario is that you just stop change, and another is that you stop changes in the area you're most worried about until someone can show you that changes there will be safe enough for your purposes. I think we are at substantial risk of really cutting down change in total. Our civilization may well not continue to grow because we we continue to cut off many kinds of change that people get scared of. So I think overall, putting weight behind let's stop this kind of change until we think it's safe is adding to the overall force of stopping change, which I think is a substantial risk soon. So I would rather allow this change to continue without control. I'm happy to support people putting extra effort into the research area. And I, we didn't talk about, I have particular regulations that I would suggest that are uh, would you know mitigate some of the key risks involved in, in the worst scenarios. I'm happy to you know do that. I don't mean we should never do anything, but overall I'm wary of... Um, limiting change because of particular scenarios because i don't i think in general you're just not going to be able to ensure your descendants share all your values that's just not going to be a thing unless you can really shut down change in total and i don't see a middle ground that's my summary great cool cool um yeah ronnie you want to go sure here's a summary um we are at some point going to build things that are much more intelligent than us and Robin and I are agreed that they are basically going to do all of the planning in the universe. All of the matter that gets moved around for a purpose is going to, at some point, be moved around by AIs. Robin has a view on something like, well, as long as there's like some stuff being wanted and some people are getting some of the stuff that they want, this seems good. Some minds are, are getting some of the stuff that they want. Um, I think 
if in the future there's really intelligent minds, but they don't love, and they don't have fun, and they don't care about each other, that that's really not worth it. That that might as well be a inanimate universe. Uh, and I think this is a real possibility. I think we could really end up with. I know it seems counterintuitive to think that there could be something that's in, extremely intelligent, much more intelligent than any human uh, that doesn't love or have fun, but I think it's very possible. Um, and yeah, I think that that is a future we should avoid. I also think that uh, absolutely no change would be very, very, very sad. Uh, and it would be very sad if we ended up in a stagnant world uh, where we didn't you know, fulfill our birthright and spread out into the stars and use all of these resources to make more of the awesome stuff that we care about and that we value. Um, and I do think that's a real worry. Uh, and yeah, I, I, I am in fact concerned and unsure about how to deal with uh, the concern Robin brings up, which is like, hey, Ronnie, you fit into this reference class, which is like of people who get really worried about a technology and then they say, hey, let's let's hold off on this technology. And if this keeps happening over and over and over again, you know, we're not going to get all the resources in the universe. We're not going to get this awesome future that you want. Um, and that seems that's that that does seem like a plausible scenario. And it's one that I would be real sad about. Um, so, yeah, it seems like a complicated, difficult issue. And I hope that we can get an awesome universe. Uh, without yeah with without screwing ourselves and being in a stagnant universe where we're just on one planet until we all die anyway can i just add a few more seconds and then you could sure. add more if you wanted which is just i think most of the things you value in terms of fun and love etc are robust things that our descendants will have they won't have it in the way we have but i'm I'm much more, it's not just that there'll be things who, who want things they want. I will think we will see a lot of similarities, but again, that's in the way they will see them more than we do. Right. They looking back on us, will see all the similarities and see us as continuous with them. You, of course, looking forward may not see the same. Yeah. Do I want to add something to that? Yeah, I, I think I'll just add, like, you know, you, listener, can uh, imagine the universe of the, the future. Imagine, try to figure out what you think it's going to look like. And, you know, there will be some things there. Uh, Robin might be happy to call some of those fun or love and say, hey, they're just as good. You know, they, they might look different to us, but when they look back at us, they'll see us as their uh, proud ancestors that, you know, they see themselves as continuing. Um, and you can ask yourself whether you're happy to call them your descendants. Thank you both for doing this. Robin, thank yeah, you. Thank you. Can I, say, can I say a little Yes, thing please. Too? Have your summary. Yeah, I, I don't know if it's a summary exactly. I, I, like, this is... I think there's, from my perspective, there's some sort of interesting question. Like, assume... I don't know, like, from some... Like, a assume that I'm trying to be this, like my conception of virtue is maybe something that I want to be like, 
either robust across times and places or to have epistemic humility about like, maybe I shouldn't be so, like do a lot of reference class forecasting, like assuming that I would work in other times and places, something like that. Then like, is it more virtuous to be the sort of person that has more parochial values or is it more virtuous to be the sort of person who has more potentially universalist values in the sense of like trying, like identifying with valuing the things that are not spandrels. That's like one, one way I think of your position, Robin, that like you, you see something that like, that's maybe the right way to be a mind is to try to do it that way. I don't know. That's not really how you put it, but. Yeah. Maybe spandrels got to go. If you want to allow a competitive future that goes all the places it can, you can't hold on to spandrels. Right. And Ronnie, I think you maybe, again, this is not very close to what you actually said, but something like, look, I don't know, these abstractions, something seems cool about that. Sure. Yeah. But like, got to stay grounded in, no, but if I visualize it, does it seem good? And that's really important. And like, when I visualize some of these things, they don't seem good. And I'm not going to throw that out in favor of some, like, be the sort of mind that has the reference class forecasting humility, universality type of deal. That, yep. A little bit. Yeah, that yeah. I, cool. All right. That's yep. my that's my Thanks, Thank you both. Thank you, Robin. Yeah. Bye. All right. Thanks. Have-